Yo, what's up, guys and gals? Tonight's Gravity Lab Radio is brought to you by the Rating Center. The Rating Center is my company. It's my brand. It's a business that we have built over the last uh, just over 11 years now. It's been uh, originally something I just wanted to do on my own. I'm an examiner. I train coaches, instructors. It's something I've done for a little while now. It was uh, a very heavy workload for me for a while. And I really enjoyed spreading skydiving. One day I was sitting in the loading area. If you listen to the show, you've probably heard this story. And there was a, an instructor, a guy named Matthew Peterson. He whispers to a student, hey, see that dude over there? He taught us all how to do tandems. And I counted in the loading area. And there were six tandem instructors plus me, seventh tandem instructor, doing tandems. And, and in my mind, I was able to share skydiving with seven different new tandem students that day. The ability to share what we do, the ability to share what we love, and the ability to share a sport that defines me and who I am today and has done so much for me is something that's just always been an important thing to me. And that day I saw how big that reality could be. And since then, I've really grown the rating center. There, there's a good group of guys and gals around me. I'm very blessed. I regularly will say the rating center is a team. And what a lot of people don't know, it's not just a team of examiners around me and the evaluators, but it's a team of instructors we've trained. Each and every one of you guys and gals mean a lot to what we do. It's about standardization. And I do believe the majority of candidates that come through through our courses have that same feeling, that same belief. They, they want to teach a standard. They want to teach quality. And it's because they want to do the best thing by the student. We really want to make sure the student learns safely, but also learns more and gets to be the best skydiver they choose to be and is given an equal opportunity or a fair path to get where they want to go. So many drop zones and, and so many instructors treat people like cattle and just push them through, and it, it's a business model. I'm not going to say it's wrong or a bad business model. It is a way to run a business. It is not a way I prefer to see, and, and it's one of the reasons I actually came to Skydive Spaceland is because we were given time to work with students. I've been told at some point in my life, here's your student, you're on a 20-minute call for an AFF jump. I've also been told, here's your student, get on a call when you and him are ready. And I really like that. It gives me a chance to really share teaching and give people that right opportunity. Also taught me to be a more efficient instructor and, and teach people so I can get on loads and still teach them safely. The Rating Center is a bunch of guys and gals like that, and I just can't thank all of them enough. Hank Pruitt has been with us from the very beginning. He is, uh, we've been around for 11 and a half years. He's been with us for 10 and a half years. Nobody cares more than Hank. If you know Hank, it is his biggest fault. He cares so much. So much that sometimes he gets grumpy when he gets on to you, but it is a message of gold that he has to give you, and he is so passionate about safety. My wife, Valerie, really helped me found and start the Rating Center. She's the lead mentor at Skydive Spaceland Houston. And with her and I together, we help with uh, Spaceland San Marcos and Spaceland Dallas as, as far as their mentor program go and, and work and help them. Valerie also does a lot of weekday or a lot of our weekend coach courses in Spaceland Houston. And she, she's been obviously a huge help to me. Uh, Chris Fudala had joined us at some point. He was actually trained at Spaceland as a student, became a coach, became an instructor, became an examiner. And he's doing all that work with us through the Rating Center. As a matter of fact, I'm super excited here in this first quarter of this year. Chris will uh, should complete his AFF examiner uh, ticket just to get us up to two AFF examiners in, in the rating center. So super, super helpful. We brought on a gal named Erin, Erin uh, Sanchez from Mexico. She has got such a passion for skydiving and such a passion for her Latin friends and family. 
and really pushing it to the next level with them. Um, I could go on and on. Pedro from Venezuela, he is super passionate about learning. He's got super good technical grasp on good learning characteristics and teaching techniques. I really like what I've learned with him in his courses. DQ, he has been running Canopy courses. I believe this is, yeah, our first year together. He's done a really good job, does an excellent job with Canopy coaching. We've had a few uh, newer jumpers have some really big struggles with their flares, and DQ is really able to do a, a good job getting them where they want to be safely and allowing them to live out their dreams. So we've got a lot of people, guys and gals. I'm sorry. I know I missed some of you, and we've got more people coming onto the team. This uh, ad, the Rating Center, more than anything else, I just want to thank those guys and gals that helped, helped us build where we're at. Those of you who are going to continue to help us build, thank you so much. Remember, this is about making the sport better than when we found it, making our sport safer, and allowing our gen friends to enjoy more badass skydiving. Guys and gals, tonight's episode is just the boys. That means Justin, what's that guy's name? Nick, man. Nick and myself. We're going to catch up. It is January 2nd, 2020. What did we do last year? How did we end the holiday season, that time apart? And uh, what's coming up this year for the show and the fellas? Enjoy. I'm the target of a meat missile going 150 miles an hour plus. That got really <laughs> exciting all of a sudden. I'm doing canopy safety. Um, I drive like an Asian, so I don't know if it's the most appropriate thing ever. I'm killing it. Utah, give me two. You are listening to Gravity Lab Radio, hosted by DJ Marvin and Nicholas Lott. Produced by Justin Grubbs. Have we talked about skydiving the whole time? Ah, One more go. try. I ruined it. One more try. <laughs> Episode gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> dude, I've had a lot of fun with that app. Man, that app looks like a lot of fun. Guys and gals, tonight we are live on Facebook. Uh, of course, recorded for you guys in, in the app land and in, in podcast land. Uh, happy 2020, Mr. Nicholas Lott. It sure is a new year according to that calendar. Man, new years, new times. We had we had a lot of fun last year. Uh, today is just the boys, Justin, Nick, myself. I uh, want to talk a little bit about like what we did over the holidays, catch up a little bit. Sure. Who wants to go first? <laughs> Why are you looking at just, me? I don't know. Go, <laughs> you go first. Volunteering me. Yeah. How was, uh, how was Christmas? What'd you do? It was good. I did not work. That's probably the best thing out of the whole, <laughs> the Wh whole When vacation. did you stop working? When was your last day at work? Christmas Eve Eve. Okay. Um, then I went in for a day this week, and luckily I haven't had a bunch of shit going on so you i've got, been you, able you to just much do piled some up stuff or has, has it been a good it's, it's been, been a decent good yeah pause it actually yeah it timing worked out pretty well we issued a bunch of crap like the week before christmas and Did you travel for the holidays uh no not really mm -mm. just visited friends stayed local and didn't work what about uh, new year's do anything for new year's nope just went out to uh kima by my house got U a little kima Ubered therapy there got a little yeah <laughs> little chemotherapy. <laughs> Dude, I wish that they would use that slogan. Yeah. But it's never going to happen. <clears throat> they should call like that cigar bar over there chemotherapy. That would be a good name for it. <laughs> what was the most delicious thing you ate during the holiday season? Oh, man. Hmm. Uh, a smoked turkey for Thanksgiving. It was just that damn good. Uh, I'll steal his thunder. <laughs> so. I, had, I had a sous vide... Uh, uh, beef loin, beef tenderloin. Did that you was cook really with the good. sous vide? 
No, my buddy did. D- for those who may not know, would you like to describe the sous vide process? Sure. Um, so you can you cook the meat in a bag of its own juices or any kind of marinade. So like my buddy uses a vacuum sealer, marinades it uh, in the vacuum sealer for like a day. And you put it in this water bath and the sous vide is just, uh, I think it's French, right? Um, method of cooking that just circulates this warm water bath to where you get it to an exact temperature through and through. And it takes many, many hours and turns out magnificent. Doesn't that sound like that? Like when you're telling me you're going to cook your steak inside of a plastic bag boiled in water. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like a not shitty e- steak. Not even boiled. In <laughs> warm, like 130 warm, warm degrees, water. 130 something degrees. Yeah. 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 Yep, sounds and gross, then, like, but it's delicious. Most people will like pull it out and sear it, uh, or put some more flavor on it. Maybe smoke it, something like that. What did you guys do to it? Sear it, smoke it. Uh, seared it uh, right after, like super hot, just yeah. a quick sear on the end of it, just to keep all the juices and the goodness. In How there. did you like it? Oh, it was so good, so tender. If you had a choice, grill or sous vide, which one would you do? Hmm, that's a tough one because I really like the char and the smoke flavor from a grill. See, the problem I have with the sous vide, you remember that hours and hours process he talked about? Uh-huh. Yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> I've you got just a put steak it in the morning and, and let it do yeah, its thing. Yeah, I'm not planning that far ahead. Yeah. It doesn't take that long to grill a steak, and I like uh, the taste of a good grilled steak better. Now, reverse searing, maybe cooking in an oven and then searing it, that's really good, but yeah. grilling is just faster. I like it. It's easier. Agreed. So, But when you have something like a tenderloin, like it, it can be... Nice and thick, and it's going to take a while to smoke it anyway. <laughs> like, you might as well uh, get all that flavor in, in the center of it, and that's, like, the only way to do it. I like that thick meat. Mm-hmm. hey oh Man, I'm getting hungry. So what about you? I know. <laughs> Man, that <laughs> smoked turkey, for real, dude. Valerie, this year, we had her uh, sister and father in for Thanksgiving, and... Man, we, we've gone as far as we've had a tofurkey Ugh, for God, the holidays. I did that for like fucking seven years in a row. We did that twice. <laughs> Shoot me in the face. <laughs> the first time. If you are enjoying a tofurkey, you're fucking lying to yourself. You are. The first time we tried it, it was shit. And it gave you diarrhea, didn't it? So <laughs> I ignored that <laughs> diarrhea for years. <laughs> so we tried it a second time for a different brand. No, it was still shit. I'm just like, what tofurkey, my furkey. Um <laughs> The local fire department here in Pearland, they did a... Uh, they responded to your diarrhea emergency? For sure, dude. <laughs> they said you like put down the whole city. That was noxious fumes. Sorry. What about the, what about the fire department? I'm sorry. <laughs> That's all good, dude. They do this giant smoked turkey thing and like tons of smoked turkeys and you pay for it in advance. You pick it up a couple days ahead. You reheat it in your oven and it is it's the best turkey I've ever had. It was really damn good. So really? Yeah. Hmm. Next any any holiday season we need a turkey. We are going to go to the Pearland Fire Department turkey thingy they do, whatever. But Val knows what to do. She's in charge well, of it. What what'd you do for Christmas? Uh, visited my stupid, stupid sister and God, her wonderful she's daughter. so dumb. She said, dude, it's so <laughs> awesome. When I visit my sister, I'm in person with her, she loves ripping on you. She just well, she takes a shot at you, not not. Hey stop. Debbie, <laughs> go back to China where people like you. <laughs> it's China Pan. Thank you very Whatever. much. Whatever. I know it's Japan. It's better to say. It makes me sound more racist if I say China. Man, and it, you guys both don't. Neither of you look all that Asian. She looks much more Asian than I do. Um, although I won't disagree, she does look pretty white. But I I think she. You're never gonna be. Um, dude, I'm I'm a white bald dude. It's, <laughs> it's pretty much it. It's, I'm I'm good with that. 
Um, is she lives in Indiana still? Yeah, she lives a couple miles from my parents. So visited my mom, my dad. I've never visited my family as a grown adult for Christmas. Like I've lived in the area, so I've seen them, but I've never gone to visit my mother for Christmas. So I'm 46 years old now. She was so excited that that's when we were visiting. And fuck, airplanes are expensive over Christmas. That's the truth. Do straight up two to three times the amount that, depending time of year, we would travel. I'm like, fuck. But it was worth it to be with family. Debbie, make sure you're wearing earplugs. My niece can't hear the fuck word. So Why do you call it the fuck word? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> because it doesn't make sense. When have you known me to make tons She can't of listen to that fucking shit, Nick. Well. Part. You're the one who drew headphones on her at some point. No, I photoshopped those headphones. <laughs> no, so I do. I visited family for Christmas. So it was a super good time, um, dude. I I've never traveled during Christmas, and it wasn't bad at all, man. There were no lines in the airport for security. We traveled. We left out the Sunday before Christmas, came back the Friday after Christmas. Going to the air, going to going there, there was no line. We did TSA pre-check, but the regular line was five minutes long. There's no line. Coming home, the TSA pre-check was longer than the regular TSA line. It was ridiculous. So um, they were both super short. There was not a lot of chaos. I mean, there was a kid on our plane who yelled the entire time who sat in the row in front of me. <laughs> is this like a, like a little shit misbehaving kind of yell, or is this like I have autism and can't help it kind of yell? No, uh, like maybe I'm six years old, seven years old, and I have headphones on, and I'm playing a game really loud, so I'm talking with no control over my voice. Oh, kill him, kill him. I'm out of ammo! You mean, <laughs> you mean shitty parents. I get it. Well, so his dad would look at him every so often and go, shh. That was well, his Well, someone solution. should have punched that dad in the throat and told him to get his fucking shit together. At some point, I, I'm, I'm at my wit's end, but like, I can't say something because if I say something, I'm afraid it's going to escalate and I'll turn into an asshole that I shouldn't act like. So I'm like, I'm just going to bite my tongue. And the more I saw people looking at him, the more I'm like, dude, I can say something politely and be supported. Not so saying anybody's going to say anything, but no, I'm not being an asshole if I say it nicely. And, it, and he got up when I was at my wit's end. And when he got up, his kid started yelling the loudest he'd yelled the entire time. <laughs> and the old dude across the aisle leaned over and went, shh. And I'm thinking like, dude, his dad's done that the entire time. It doesn't help. <laughs> So I leaned forward and said, young man, can you please stop yelling? That's all I said with a super stern voice. And that kid stared at me like I like I broke his fucking puppy, dude. He was petrified. And man, seconds later, his mom was two rows back. It was a family of like five or six spread throughout the plane. Mm-hmm. Mom, like two rows back, come running up and had a very stern talking to her son. Husband got back. He had a very stern talking to from her as well. <laughs> I sat there. And Mom's for the win, dude. <laughs> Hell yeah. And that kid made more noise the rest of the plane ride, but it did not last a split second before dad was on him. So it, it wasn't bad said and done. That's good. Yeah, that you know, anytime I find myself being annoyed by a child on an airplane, which I think happens probably like 75% of flights that I've been on, I just try to remember like, hey, when I get off this plane, I don't have to deal with that shithead kid anymore. <laughs> and they're going to go with those people. That's their whole life. It sucks for them. Well, I use maybe it as- it's not so bad. I use it as a reminder to that I don't want kids. Like when I see that moment of kids behaving like that and seeing how that dad was like even watching them in the airport afterwards and watching the way mom talked to him afterwards. I'm like, your life's a burden, isn't it? He has three kids in tow and a lady who is making sure he's a good dad and he looks beat the fuck down. It's so weird to think about of like having a shitty kid. Yeah. Because it's like as a kid, you feel like your parents must love you all like somewhat comparably. But no, no. it's like. 
it's just like with any other group of people. Some people you really get along with, and some people you want to punch them in their tiny throat. One of my favorite things about growing up as a, as a fucking adult is meeting my friends who have kids who are teenagers or who are grown ass adults. I have friends who have kids who are thirty, and to hear the things they say about their twenty five year old son or the things they hear they say about their teenage kid or even their like eight year old, like, oh man, no, that kid is gonna have problems. I'm I'm trying, guys, but he's fucking stupid. <laughs> I've got a friend who'll talk that way about his kid, and I'm just like, oh, that's so fun. Um, but I man, too much work. It's a lot of work. Even do you worry? Because I'm not having kids either, mm-hmm. and I worry about who's gonna be there when I'm old and dying. Do sh- so, yeah. It's it's becoming more and more real, especially as we're losing parents at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and we Val only lost her mother, but that's the beginning for us. And, and to see, man, our mortality is real. And a we have a pretty good. Uh, idea for retirement and savings in the future. So we're trying to make sure we're financially secure. So whatever happens, so we at you'll, least are you'll end up care. in the old folks' home from Happy Gilmore. For sure, dude. If I gotta be <laughs> the fucking hey Mister, hey Mister, hey Mister, hey Mister, fucking knock AC's off. I'm good to go. Um, but really, that's part of what prompted this family trip to Indiana. Um, my niece is three years old and think over Thanksgiving time frame, and. She is the last of my family lineage. As far as from my mom and dad down, there's nobody else. My sister can't ever have kids again that I know of. I'm not having kids. No, thank you. So that is it. And part of it for me is to get to know my niece because she's my family. And you've seen her. She's adorable, man. She's absolutely a great little girl. But as I get old, she's all I got. And I don't need... Better be real nice to that little lady. Dude, yeah. And I don't need her to... I don't need anything from her financially. I, I just want her companionship. I want, as I'm an old man, that little girl to be, this is my Uncle Donji, and, and there through my life. Not that I need, it's just the love to have. That That is something that I, I'm curious about. Fortunately, I made a deal with Val. She, I die first. She don't get to die till I'm dead. So. <laughs> Pretty gold. Yeah, I think <laughs> Sam had one grandma die at like 94, and the other one's alive at like 96. So I got high hopes that she's going she's gonna to send me off. Man, Val's dad is 75, 76. You met him? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Looking good. He's fine. My parents are both seven. My mom will be 70 this year. My dad's 71. Mom's Japanese, right? Yeah. She's going to live forever. Man. Don't I, they do that? I, my grandmother lived to a pretty ripe age. Grandma got pretty old. Um, The fa- the men in my mom's family have heart issues. So remember last year when I went through that like little bit of a scare? Mm-hmm. There was a lot of family history that makes me go, I get scared quick because the men in my mom's family die young. Um, as a matter of fact, I'm pretty fortunate to be alive. I'm not trying to be silly, but at the age some of the men in my mom's family live, I'm fortunate to be alive at 46 years old. <laughs> um, uh, I don't chain smoke like my uncle did. I don't do different things, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I got there. Well, my uncle had his first heart attack at like 28. So the, the heart, heart genetics... Not so great in my family either. So maybe, maybe we'll both go early. Man, I hope not. You know my goal. I want to die. I want to live till I'm old, man. You better stay on that bike. Do stay on that bike. Stay living healthy. Stay doing things. I it, it's the future's bright, and and I got to be ready for it. You know, the only thing that really makes me want to uh, become a more experienced swimmer and actually take it up as a sport. Uh, Sam's a nurse, so she obviously has other friends that work in healthcare, and there was a. a female friend of hers who I was talking to at someone's one of Sam's going away or was a friend's going away party and she was a hospice nurse 
Mm-hmm. And uh, my dad worked in hospice as well, but I never really talked to him about these sorts of questions. But uh, she said that the people who lived the the longest and had the least like uh, like uh, bone and joint issues were always people. She'd ask them what they what they did for their their sport in life, and they were all swimmers. So it makes sense. There's not a lot of impact. It's using all your muscles. Good cardio. But uh, I still hate it. I So I've always, one of my thoughts on living older and aging and things that I constantly hear is you're growing or you're dying. You're growing or you're falling. Or you're developing Alzheimer's. Yeah, yeah. So always learning, always challenging yourself, always doing new things, learning new things. And I want to talk a little bit later on tonight about the future for all of us. You know, what I'm not going to divulge all my plans for 2020 because some of it is private and personal. Um, and they're just goals that they're not super secretive. I just want to keep certain goals to myself. Um, I'll hopefully share at the end of the year that I accomplished them. Um, but uh, that, that whole building and always learning and doing something new, I hope, is what's going to get me to an old age. I want to, before I talk about the future, I want to, uh, first of all, I'm going to read some of these stupid things because you guys are stupid and I like to read your <laughs> stupid things. Happy New Year, Tara Weber. Thank you very much. Joel Brooks, we miss you a lot, dude. No jumping in Colorado because it's fucking cold and you should have never moved to Colorado, but oh, enjoy the skiing. Hey, Joel trains those uh, those Malinois. Uh, Malinois. Yeah. Is and gosh, man, I got to play with one last night. I was telling you earlier, yeah, yeah. man, the most positive interaction I've ever had with a dog. So, hey, Joel, give me one of those dogs. Okay, cool deal. Thanks, bye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brian Menard, happy new year, man. Always love hearing from you. Always love seeing you. One day, Brian said he'll come on the show. Um, he has a condition to when he will be on the show that I will not share. It is it is a cool condition. I'll tell you privately. It's pretty fucking funny. Um, <laughs> ben Nelson, happy. Ben Nelson, my new year's resolution is to love Nick Lot less. Who am I kidding? That's never going to happen. Whatever. I'm going to be seeing Ben in like two weeks. We're going to be jumping out of helicopters. Uh, Guys and gals, by the way, throw up your questions, your New Year's resolutions or whatever. We're going to share some of this. My sister says, Mom loves me more than DJ Bite Me. That was my part, bite me. So, oh, Mitch Hansen, Moms straight up. Say dude. that to everyone. And if you believe it, you're an idiot. Time out, man. Mitch Hansen, thank you. Yeah, so shout out to much. Mitch. Mitch is letting us borrow some cases for the Deland Road Show, the other thing we're going to talk about tonight. Are we flying there? We are flying, but we got to ship some of this equipment. And it's not a road show? I do the flying show. Whatever. So, <laughs> last year, we just closed out 20, uh, 2019. I want to know what your most significant takeaway from 2019 is. I don't care. Personal, professional, business, it don't matter. If you're watching on Facebook, feel free to chime in. I might be able to read those as well. What is your best personal achievement? I'll start because I kind of threw you guys under the bus because <coughs> I actually had this conversation the other night with Rabbit. Um, and man, family was my first thought. Connected with family a lot. And, and I will say the way my family connected this year is unlike any other. And it's been phenomenal. And that three-year-old girl has brought the family unit together. But it really is business. And it's going to sound silly and greedy at first, but at the end, I hope it doesn't. I've had these goals to like better affect the sport. The more examiners and guys I have working with me, the more standardized uh, information we can get out there. So it's not confusing. So we're still growing. We're still evolving. But we can affect the sport in a bigger and a better place. That has ultimately been my goal. And then secondarily, my goal is I am building a business. I do have to afford my living. And I do have to think about my retirement. So it goes into it. But something I never thought about until this year and it really was the end of the year, is two of the guys working for me said I made a difference in their income this year. Um, they made a decent or a lot more money than they would have otherwise made, and it was so important to their quality of life. And the other one is is a, a really good friend of ours is doing really hard with money right now. You know who he is, I'm pretty sure. 
um, I was able to get him some business at the end of the year that straight up, I needed him for business. But the way he thanked me for helping make his family's holidays better, man, my ability to help my friends live a better life is just, it, it, that hit so hard this year. This business, as much as I've grown it, has become so much more than, than any of those other things I thought because now my friends' families have more and or better lifestyles, maybe a little bit, but I've helped them a little bit. So that, that really touched heart to me this year. That's super cool, man. And that's one thing that I really envy about you is your ability to, that you've worked so hard to have have enough that you can share with, with you know, friends or colleagues or, you know, whoever, however you want to look at it. But uh, that you that you pay a lot of that forward to other people is is very admirable. I I, I very much uh, admire you for that. It it's it's been hard. I mean, some of it there's a business to what I do. What do you mean it's been hard? The business part, man. I have to make business decisions sometimes, and and th- I thank Hank every day for some of the patience he's had with me because Hank, as you know, likes to be in on knowledge, and he can't always be in on knowledge, and he can't always understand why. And part of it is, is I can't tell you why because I don't know why yet why I'm running my business a certain way, or I can't tell you why because I don't want to speak ahead of myself too much. And so I've had Hank doing things in a business sense that I knew the business was growing, but he didn't. I knew the growth and the picture and the vision I had, but he didn't. And I couldn't tell him the vision yet because I just needed, I I didn't want to ruin the surprise. You know, if you talk too much about it, you're going to ruin it. Mm -hmm. When I say ruin it, I don't mean ruin a surprise. I mean ruin it. It's not going to work. So I wanted to focus all my energy. So being able to get these guys to do what I needed them to do and blindly understand. I told them, I promise you I have a reason. I know it sounds stupid what I'm asking you to do right now. I know it sounds silly. It's just the two of us doing this, that you need to do these things in this kind of structure, but I promise you it's going to make sense. Um, That was the hard part, what was running a business. I really put two solid years of running my business at a larger scale without doing it. I I didn't want to take in more candidates, more students, more examiners, and then not be able to support the system. I didn't want it to fall apart on top of itself and say like, well, I just squandered a great opportunity. You know, Aaron, dude, Aaron Sanchez, uh, what kind of golden opportunity is it to help the Latin skydiving community having somebody as passionate as Aaron in the industry? And I get to help that. And, and Pedro the same way, man. So it, it's, it's a... I, dude, I, it's, it's been on my mind a lot this this last two weeks. I've really... Enjoy the last two weeks off. And uh, I told Rabbit the other night, part of my favorite part of my birthday is it's the end of the year. And I really get to dwell on what has the last year been because it means two things to me. What is what, what have I done with this year of my life? It's very definitive in that end for me. And uh, I spent the last two years reflecting. And, dude, it's been a fucking good year. So, What'd you do for your birthday, by the way? Oh, man, Rabbit and Katie. Katie is his girlfriend. They swung on over. They came. They hung out. We played, uh, ate pizza, played, uh, we had cauliflower crust, build your own little pizza bar, turned into the women, made pizza for Rabbit and I while we sat and had a couple drinks. That's what really happened. We played a phase 10, a card game. They left at 1130 to get home while the drunks were trying to toast in midnight and not have to deal with the idiots on the road. That was it. I don't know if everyone listening knows that your birthday is also uh, New Year's Eve. That would be helpful. To, yeah, yeah. Oh, not not that everyone's not drinking for your birthday. I'm sure that's what That's it really why is. they're partying like it's my birthday. <laughs> no, so what did I do for my birthday? I woke up, made sweet, sweet love to my wife. I don't know if it was sweet for her. Uh, went and watched Star Wars. So you playing that theme, dude. Oh, I watch a new Star Wars. You Have you seen it? Dude, no. I haven't seen Star Wars for a decade at least. I 
hate spoilers. I do not believe in spoilers. I loved it. It was great. I'm looking to point at Justin if you guys have any clues. <laughs> dude, I, I, I've heard... I'm holding my breath like, oh, don't say anything. No, 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 I won't, dude. I, I'm <laughs> so against spoilers, man. Uh, fuck a guy named Rob Wallace. Some of you listening know Rob Wallace and know this story. Rob Wallace is a fucking asshole. Uh, for the last Avengers, it comes out in Saipan before it comes out in America because they're a day ahead of us said and done. And he posts from Saipan, R.I.P. Iron Man. Before we get to see any of it. I haven't seen Avengers. Way to ruin it for me. <laughs> well, too late. God, You've waited damn long it. enough. A baby Yoda. What if I say that? Baby Yoda. Oh, dude. Mandalorian. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is that? I have no idea. I only I saw several baby Yoda memes today, so I thought that maybe it had something to do with those new Star Wars And movies. he's not really Yoda, but it just looks like Yoda. So oh. I'm baby Yoda. Um, so yeah, we watched Star Wars. Oh, God. I could go on Star Wars Man forever, so I won't bore you guys. God. Ben Nelson. I love you. Star nerd, Wars. Nerd shit. Oh, dude. Uh, Val bought me a bunch of Star Wars shit for my birthday, so it was ironic that I chose to go to that movie. Uh, <laughs> what, what do you mean ironic? She, d- I didn't know she bought all the Star Wars shit for my birthday. Sunday we talk. I'm like, hey, I want to go see Star Wars for my birthday. So she gets tickets, and she was super excited. Now do you see the irony for her? She's like, oh, that's awesome because I'm about to get I mean, a bunch of Star Wars shit. She just knows you well and knows that you're a Star Wars nerd and you're into that shit. Yeah. She's never bought me Star Wars shit before. Really? Okay. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Well. She bought me that Valkyrie, though. She knows I'm a nerd and likes that kind of shit. Oh, that's right here. Yeah, yeah. I was like, did you get a new parachute? I don't know about. What you no, at? no, no. There's one in, in my rig. Hopefully, uh, coming out next time, next uh, sometime soon. Um, so yeah, dude, what did you guys accomplish? What did you guys do? Justin, this year? what was 2019 all about? Oh man, uh, oh, it's about the fucking World Series and the Astros winning. <gasps> Woo! Negative. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I did go to a lot of Astros games this year. Probably more more than 17, which is saying a lot because I went I went to a lot 17, but. No, for me, um, it was mostly uh, working a lot uh, and m- recovering from knee surgery was most of the reason why. I was just, okay, I'm stuck at work now. I can't go uh, jump uh, at the beginning of the year. So, um, But we, I would say as a, at my department, um, we, we, we did a lot to make it through the year. Um, with almost no overhead margins, um, and uh, you know, made made some commitments happen that I didn't think were gonna happen, frankly, uh, and and pulled through uh, a lot of a lot of really stressful times. Uh, so it was uh, it was really good, you know, not not just uh, you know, not toot my own horn that much, but we did win a lot of work because I estimate it. Um, uh, but mostly because the the team my the team I have really stepped up to the plate a, a lot of similar stuff to like what you were saying DJ and our margins um, we're really good on uh, jobs you know we just executed them well so it's it's good to see like the payoff from all that fucking work and um, all the overtime that we all put in uh, I want to pull back stuff done. just a little bit because you're <laughs> kind of the guy behind the curtain. We, we try to get Justin to interact more, guys and gals, but he does have a lot going on over there. He has a few monitors in front of him, a couple keyboards. So we keep him busy. People don't know you as well. What exactly do you do for work? Uh, I'm an electrical engineer. Um, I need department manager. Uh, so anything that has a wire uh, goes through me. Um, <laughs> and some stuff that's wireless uh, nowadays. Uh, but we, we do uh, engineering and construction for uh, industrial 
oil and gas, petrochemicals, refineries, you name it, all the all the industrial sector from midstream to downstream. It just helps get people an idea when yeah. you talk about these things. They're pretty huge projects and pretty global aspects. Yeah, and I, I came from a, a company that, you know, we, we did jobs that were uh, regularly, you know, 350 to $500 million jobs, and, and those were the kind of projects we were doing. I came here to uh, where I work now five years ago, um, and, you know, we were we were doing a lot of really small stuff. Um, we have a lot of really exciting opportunities uh, coming into this year. Uh, and most of it's been because of the talent pool that we have now. We have a lot of uh, engineers that have that kind of experience. So it's it's really cool to see um, that bringing in um, people, you know, similar to myself. I, I have a professional engineering license in several states. Uh, we have that in every department now, and we're kind of building that business model and saying, hey, you know, we, we have the people uh, to be able to do this kind of work. You know, we're not just doing maintenance work anymore. So many companies and people use the word team, and I think it's overused, but it sounds like you guys actually have a team building. Yeah, there's a, there's been a lot of really good people um, that have come in, and we've hired a lot of young engineers and trained them up um, to get them to where they're you know you're they're paying back dividends now. Um, so it's really it's really cool to see that <clears throat> and have that uh, that talent pool available to us. Remind me, how old are you? Thirty five. Thirty five, man. So I mean, not old. Because, you know, my dad's 71, but 35, not young anymore, not the kid on the block anymore. You're a guy with some experience at some time. How's the perspective now? Yeah, it's different. It's weird. Uh, Like, for example, when I first graduated, I spent a couple years in the field going from job site to job site. And I was, you know, just this punk engineer kid that, you know, obviously had the education, but no experience. And I was running the whole, you know, I&E on the, the construction on the job site. So, I, you know, I'd get ragged on all the freaking time. <laughs> I mean, construction's construction, especially when you're on top of a mountain. Like, nobody gives a fuck who you are. Um, but going from uh, that to, you know, it's just part of the part of the deal. Like, uh, pretty much everybody that works for me is older than I am, um, has more experience than I do. Um, but, you know, I have the education and the, the years that I had in the field um, really accelerated my... Uh, growth, professionally speaking, versus engineers that just sit in the office all day. I would also, I'm, I'm curious, I wonder, I don't, I'm not in your workplace, but I see you in my workplace. I see you train students and work with jumpers. I wonder if it's also, despite being younger, your openness to listen to their experience that allows it to work as well. Because you, you are, I don't know if you would sell that part good enough, but you, I, I watch you work with people older than you at, at the drop zone, and you're pretty open to other people's experiences to help guide them. Yeah, I'm kind of used to uh, teaching older people. Um, just came with the whole degree thing. Yeah. Um, Why does he stare at me when he says older? <laughs> Man. Because, uh, I mean, you're the only one in this room. I'm, I'm younger than him. He can't look at me and say that. <laughs> you're older oh. than him. No. No, wait a minute. You just said that. Otherwise. How old are you? You old. I'm th- I think I'm 33 still. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure. That's okay. I've already said my age wrong a couple times recently, so... Um. Uh, anything else new? I mean, that's a pretty big chunk of life. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Like, uh, and you know, with the the thing, I think that you know, not to toot my own horn too much, but a lot of our competition doesn't have uh, the uh, electrical and instrumentation side of things in house. They have to sub it out. So, a lot of other mechanical construction companies 
um, they'll partner with an engineering for firm, or if they do have engineering, they usually have to uh, bring in an outside uh, engineering firm in order to do the electrical and the instrumentation side of things. So it's really cool to be able to sit down with all my colleagues and all the different disciplines and construction as well and and just you know impress a client even though we're all under 40 for the most part so it's it's kind of neat um, because we you know we've we've just surrounded ourselves with good people and I've brought a lot of good people in for my department as well that have offloaded some of the shit off of me which has been really nice man that is something that's been really nice Nick I don't know if you see it much from your perspective but Stephen and I were talking today and he told me something uh, Chris Fudala has said hey man I see a need in the instructor core for this training and this this process is something I'd like to work with you guys on. And him and Hank together put together a, a, some training jumps with some of the newer staff. And it's so cool to see that the people you train, you can leave autonomously to do their job. Yep. Like they're seeing the problems before you see the problems. They're starting to bring information up. And, and it's, God, it's going to take time, but it's really cool to see people working together especially when you get to the point where you know hey i don't have to go through all your work with a fine tooth comb like i know you know most of this shit and i'm just gonna graze over it to make sure you didn't miss anything i know that that's you know really nice that i know <laughs> you know what that's from <laughs> God. hey norton hey norton <gasps> no nope, why don't you come up here and, yeah they ask a little bit it's eddie murphy it's i never remember which is raw and which is delirious but it's eddie yeah murphy. see the, the, those came out before i had an interest in stand-up comedy that shit's that shit's older than me dude you really got to pull out eddie murphy raw and delirious both they are absolutely great they're definitely told in a time that pc is not a thing um it it is it, it i think is what really broke me into comedy was those two albums like, I don't think I was much aware of stand-up comedy. I think those are the first two stand-up comedy things I ever knew. Really? Which really warps a fella. Were you ever a George Carlin fan? Yes. Yeah. But I had, oh God, those came out when I was like maybe sixth grade-ish. Eddie Murphy came out when yeah. you were sixth grade? Okay. Yeah. Those those, those albums are uh, specials, but I, I was living in Japan on a base and we were able to go to the base library and rent or uh, borrow the tapes and that's how I... <laughs> <laughs> tapes yeah my poor sister just had a whole flashback of going to the base library and yep debbie i wasn't being smart reading books i was getting eddie murphy cussing swearing tapes they're being dirty it's being resourceful so, all like came it. out november 1987 87. yeah i was one <laughs> i forget how i was three yeah both of you fellers um man somebody recently was telling me about their age and oh dude you know that young lady, Kendall, who jumps at Spaceland? Yeah. I saw that we share the same birthday. She posted oh, it. Oh, right. yeah, I saw that too. So I was like, that is super awesome. Like, Because there's a few guys. Chad Trimmy, I don't know if you know him. Mm -hmm. We were born two hours apart. We share the same birthday. Oh, wow. Yeah. He did his... Wait, have you guys... Same time zone? Um, no, I don't think so. I think he's central... Oh, dude, we need to see how much closer yeah. the math is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I was in Virginia. I think he was in Louisiana. So I did... Now Maybe I an hour. Dude, uh, yeah, if he was two times, old, man, that's interesting. Um, so I saw Kendall was born the same day. I, I, I know all my friends who were born New Year's Eve off the top of my head that I think of. Um, and I clicked on hers to see when it was. And when I saw the year of birth, I'm like, I oh. just got so depressed. Man. <laughs> I was like, God dang, dude. Um, so, yeah, she uh, it was, oh, because it was finally 21. I'm allowed to drink post is what it was. Okay. Yeah, God dang, man, 1998. 
Holy um, shit. <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> Nick, what happened for you this year? Gosh, man, uh, 2019 had some definite good things and definite uh, struggles. It uh, started off good. Uh, let's see. My birthday came up, and I, you know that I'm into fasting, right? So I decided yeah. I, de- I decided I was going <laughs> to do a full week fast for my birthday. I remember this. So one. I went a week without food, which was which was neat just to just to do it. Dick. I did a week without coffee. Not not long after that. And then I ended up doing another six weeks without coffee later on in the year, thanks to uh, Sacrifice September. So during I've that overdone week, coffee since during that week fast, is it just water? A water, and I do have one cup of black coffee in the morning. But there's there's it's basically just no no calories. Mm. Um, I did get my uh, commercial drone license, which I was pretty happy about. I could argue that I learned to swim, which. Uh, I've, I definitely did the most swimming and the most running I've ever done in a year this year. I think I ran 160 some miles last year and I don't know how many laps. I didn't, I definitely didn't hit triple digits in laps I swam across the pool, but the fact that I was counting laps I had swam across the pool, I, th- I think counts for something because that's never happened. That's huge. Um, I remember how much you hated. it. I fucking hate it. I still hate it. Yeah. It's still, you know, I, I had spent a few days a few dedicated days in the in the pool and even on the last of those days it still took me you know 10 minutes of being in the water to like kind of get my heart rate down to where i could put well i can i can be in the water without getting super freaked out putting my head under the water is when the whole world starts to change but uh i would say i made some some serious progress in in uh in that um can you take a bath oh, i'm not being silly no i can take a bath <laughs> okay. for sure yeah Just, you know. and i can i can put like so I, I feel like I've told this story a handful of times, but when I was a little boy, I had really bad ear infections. So they put tubes in my ears so the infections can drain. Mm-hmm. So one of the very first things that I ever remember learning was, hey, don't put your head under the water. It's really bad for you. It'll, it'll hurt your ears really bad. So I just wasn't comfortable putting my head under the water. And now, like, the physical sensation of putting my ears under the water doesn't bother me. But I just, like, like my nose and my eyeballs underwater, I do not fucking like at Open all. your eyes underwater? Uh yeah, I don't. It hurts my eyes a lot. I don't like it. Like so, are your eyes? Re- are, do you like clench them really tight, or are they relax close when you're underwater? Dude, I put on goggles. I plan ahead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what like would you go underwater without goggles on? Um, I don't know. Not in like a heavily chlorinated pool because my eyes stink for hours after that. Okay. Well, okay. Close your eyes. Duck your head underwater. Sit there for two seconds. Pop it back up. Yeah. Open them. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Just seeing where the limits are. I mean, I don't like that at all. Like, if you ask me to do that, I mean, so before before I did my my training in the pool, if you asking me that, I would have been like, oh man, I just don't fucking want to do that. But I would have done it. But I think I could do it now with a lot less, uh, a lot less hesitation, a lot less, a lot less emotions about it. Such a silly thing to not, you know, to be a thirty three year old man and still have a this this issue with the water. I have some very uh, personal phobias. You know some of them. And I will never fault anybody for their phobias. Yeah, so. it's just silly. It's just, a, it's just a silly thing that grew up with me, right? Yeah. But like you, I did connect with family a lot this year. I don't know how many trips I made back home, but I, I went every every two or three months. I made a trip home. Got to spend a lot of time with family. Got to officiate my first wedding, which was super cool. I don't think I'll ever do that again. So time out. Where did you get ordained from? So I wasn't ordained. The uh, their relationship 
what they sign in Utah, I think it's called a mutual commitment agreement. So it differs from a marriage license in some ways, but there are a lot of similarities. Like you have to have joint financial stuff. You have to give the other person power of attorney. You have to have lived together for such and such time. But it was just a, they signed the piece of paper with the courthouse and that was their, you know, there there is a legal commitment to it. Mm -hmm. But the wedding ceremony was mostly just to have a ceremony and have a party with, with friends and family. So uh, my friend Chase, Chase Evans is his name, has been my, my best friend for the last 15 years. He His last name's Evans, but everyone calls him Chase McBaggins. And I honestly don't even know where this where this nickname came from. Lord of the Rings was, was pretty popular, I guess. But I, I pronounced him Mr. and Mrs. McBaggins, which, which everyone really liked. So it wasn't that it was a legal binding ceremony. It was just like, hey, we're going to acknowledge your relationship and acknowledge this promise that you guys are making to each other. And... Uh, I think Chase is similar to me in the way that I'm just opposed to marriage on the level of like, I don't want anyone telling me how to live my life. You know, like I have intentionally lived my life differently than most people on, on purpose. And, uh, you know, it's like the whole prescribed path through life of, yeah, go to school, go to college, get a job, meet a girl, get married, have some kids. Like I don't, want to do most of those things and i think chase has a similar outlook on you know just social pressures and what people expect of you and and whatever and so i understand his desire to have something different than a than a traditional marriage and uh his wife kirsty um who's pregnant now they're having a baby uh may i think she also said that she wanted an unconventional ceremony, so it was really easy to feel comfortable about uh, everything we were putting into that. About the practical joke you tried to play on her? Yeah, so uh, I didn't play this joke. So I had made a couple of trips out there to help them plan their, their wedding ceremony and kind of figure out, okay, what were we going to include? What traditional parts are, are important to both of you? How, you know, In what ways do we want to include your parents? Yada, yada, yada. So we had had a few kind of meetings about it. And so Chase calls me up. And he said, hey, I had this idea about the wedding. And I said, okay, lay it on me. He's like, I want to do a fake walkout on, on Kirsty." And I said, that's a terrible idea, but keep going. Tell me like what you think. And so they have, uh, there's a show that I've never seen a full episode of the show. It's called, uh, I think it's just Shits Creek. It might be up Shits Creek. But in this show, there's a scene where it's these two gay men who I've, it seems like they're a couple and they've been in a fight and to kind of make the piece. One of them sits the other one down in the chair and, and plays Tina Turner's you're simply the best and does this little song and dance. And apparently this episode of the show was like a big inside joke between the two of them in like the early parts of their relationship where they would just say it to each other. Oh, you're the best. Like as a cute thing to say and as a reference to the show. And so he tells me all about it and he's like, okay, I want to, I want to do this. I want to, you know, we'll be up at the altar or whatever, and I'm going to just leave and I'll be gone for like 30 seconds. And I said, fuck you. You're not going to be gone for 30 seconds. It's like, let's let's talk about like maybe maybe you're gone for 10 seconds because I'm thinking like, OK, if when he does this, there's a good chance that everyone in the crowd isn't going to understand that it's a joke. There's a good chance she's not going to understand it's a joke. And I'm supposed to pretend that I don't know it's a joke. So what do I do for 10 full seconds with a bride staring into my eyes who thinks that her 
her dude, her groom, her partner in life just walked out on her in front of all of her friends and family. And I got to keep this shit together. Like, dude, no, no way are we doing this. And then when we finally got to the, um, to the venue and kind of walked the space and planned it out, he ended up just, it was on this beautiful balcony outside at a, at a ski resort up in, uh, up in Utah uh, at uh, Snowbird, the beautiful mountain background. So there's a, a path that he walked through the, uh, kind of across the crowd and, and into this door that led back into the, uh, where like the banquet hall and everything was for the for the reception, and it ended up that he just left the altar. And as soon as he was leaving the door, then the song started. We had someone who was his whole job to just be the DJ and make sure that this Tina Turner song started on time. And so, luckily, when he walked away, I mean, I guess luckily for the collective sanity of the crowd, some people started laughing because they know that Chase is a shithead and would pull this sort of joke. <laughs> and so, some people start laughing. And Kirsty is locked eyes with me and I grab her hand and I say, are you like, are you okay? And I'm still, I've, I've got the look on my face that suggests some shit has hit the fan. Chase has just left us standing here. What are we doing with our lives? So it felt like a pretty long, you know, 10 seconds until this music started. And then one of the deals that I worked out with Chase is he, you know, there was a chance that everyone in the crowd was going to hate him because he just walked out on Kirsty, right? But he comes in doing this song and dance, and I told him, hey, you've got to practice it. You have to send me videos. There has to be a spin move. Those were like my, my stipulations in his dance. He had to. He was going to have to win back the crowd, right? So he comes back in. He starts dancing. The crowd loves it. She's bawling, and uh, it, it went over really well. But uh, could have gone the other way. We were all real nervous. When we were in the uh, <laughs> We were in the hotel room, and this, this beautiful gold watch that you see me wear, he had just given me this watch. And we're both crying because we're good friends. And he said some really, uh, really sentimental things that, that meant a lot to me. And the photographer and the videographer are there. And uh, I've filmed a few weddings, not very many. But I thought about, hey, if I was shooting a wedding and it was my understanding that the groom had just left, I might stop recording. I might be like, oh, well, they're not going to want to see this. So I said, hey, you, you should tell them. And so he tells them, hey, this is what's going to happen. We're going to, you know, I'm going to walk out on the bride. And the photographer lost her fucking mind. She's like, have you thought about what might happen? <laughs> He's like, And then instead of him saying something like nice and comforting to her in that moment of like, hey, it's a joke. She's going to get it. He's like, oh, yeah, it's going to be fucking chaos. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, no, it, it it went well. I don't I don't think I told anyone this idea who didn't say the same thing of like, man, that might not go very well. But uh, I think it was pretty good proof that she knows exactly who she was marrying and that humor plays a big part in the relationship. And uh, it, it worked out. I was really curious. You told me before, right before you went, what was going to happen, and I really wanted to see it go down. I th- I think Sam has video of the whole ceremony. Yeah. Yeah, I, I will say I'm disappointed because I've I've heard the story a few times. The best part is, is unlike most stories shared between friends, you actually add more of the detail every time you tell it to I, me. I think more of it comes back in my memory because yeah. honestly, dude, it was really stressful for me to to do that. Sure, even though like I love Chase, he's he's a super significant person in my life, and dude, I practiced that. I practiced what I was going to say a hundred times. I I said it. You know, I have decent voiceover equipment so i recorded myself saying it and just played it back and listened to myself say it over (laughs) and over read my notes over and over like it was it was in my brain 
and like 30 minutes now i guess this is maybe an hour before the ceremony started i took it up to the to the balcony where the ceremony was and i had sam be the one person sitting in the crowd and i just wanted to have a, a read through for uh in in the spot just in case like hey was it windy or my page is going to blow around and it actually ended up being super bright and i have my notes printed on white paper and so I was glad that I knew that because I, otherwise I would have been hanging out inside and come out and my eyes wouldn't have adjusted and I would have had a hard time reading. But anyway, Sam is my, my single person in the crowd. And dude, I could not hold it together. I got like eight words out and I just started bawling like a child because uh, it was important to me. And it was, uh, you know, I, I included a lot of really um, emotional things about just love and relationships and chasing my friendship and what Kirsty means to him and what Kirsty means to me and... So I bawled a lot, but I was a, I was I'm <laughs> glad that I did that last dirt dive, so to speak, because I was able to really hold it together a lot better through the through the ceremony. I'm glad I I went to Heath. Well, you 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 videoed Heath's wedding. I was the best man, and I'm glad that I didn't have to speak in the wedding because I didn't have to hold it together. Like you shot video, and I don't know. Fortunately, we discussed sunglasses or no sunglasses because we were that outdoor sunny wedding, and one of my things was like, hey. I will wear normal legit sunglasses. I brought some, but these are sunglasses no matter what. So you kind of got to like, I, if you want me to take them off, I will. Um, fortunately, they said, no, leave them on because I was crying. And it was great. I'm like, I have these to hide Dude, I cry. I love to cry at a wedding. <laughs> what, Dude. I didn't want to just distract. For, for me, I don't mind crying at a wedding. No, not one problem. I didn't want to take away or make an emotional scene in front of them. because well, you're, you're an ugly crier. That's what it is. Dude, no. He, <laughs> he, that boy can cry. Dude, he's, man, his, <laughs> I love his, 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 he's, yeah, that eats his face right up. When he starts getting emotional, you, you definitely see it. I have, uh, I've shared some hugs with that man when he was loving me so much. Have you seen his I love you so much crying face? You've Gosh, seen, I mean, I've absolutely seen that face. Yeah, yeah. like I, I have video of that face. I'm having flashbacks of editing their video now that you're bringing it up. Dude, I'm positive at some point you will share that face in an embrace with him. And there's no emotion I cherish more than true love. And I, I have a bond of true love with that man. And I don't mean that in a gay or silly way. I don't mean that. I just I have a brotherhood with him. And the way he shares that face, I'm positive you will see that face from him at some point, especially... With the job you did on his wedding video. Oh, dude, that video was awesome. Thank you. You're welcome, man. But I didn't think I was going to cry at their wedding. You did. Yeah. It, the moment that I saw Paula and her dad, like, set up about to walk over the, the you know, where they were. I mean, I, how do you explain this for people that weren't there? They're, they're leaving the back of a building, walking around to where the ceremony is, right? Yeah. Does that make sense? But the moment I saw them standing outside of that door, kind of staged to start their, their walk down the aisle... I heard myself go. It's <laughs> 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 like, dude, you're, you're working right now. Keep it, keep it together, dude. I we uh, I was good, man. I, I I had a good time up there, and I didn't have to memorize anything for the wedding. I had the the best man speech, but like I straight up spoke up from my heart. I don't do speeches well. I don't rehearse speeches. I typically when it's a when it's something like that, I just give it. I mean, we, we went to PIA and I did the symposium and that was a, that was great. The DZO conference, straight up, you can bet money that was a rehearsed speech. Um, I was highly complimented by several people. But I'm like, oh, if you knew how many times I presented this, so I laugh at you for recording. I got good voiceover equipment because that's a good him. fucking trick. 
Dude, I sat at my desk with a fucking camera and recorded myself presenting it. I put PowerPoint on a screen, camera on a screen, presented it yeah. to the room. Fuck saying it in front of the mirror once or twice. And watch myself present it. And watching myself present it helped me memorize it better because I was trying to repeat what I was saying when I was saying it. Mm-hmm. When I watched it back, did that, that make sense? Yeah. Um, and that's what helped me memorize it more than anything else. And, and uh, man, the DZO's conference or anything, people, are, p- people, it's important. I'm taking their time. If I'm speaking and taking your time, except for on the show, I don't care about making sense. <laughs> I want to make it worth <laughs> worth your time, man. What else did you do this year? Fuck all this wedding stuff. Uh, love, love you, wedding I was guys. pretty happy about Sober September and uh, the the fitness stuff in, involved in that month. The I guess I, I had the goal of flipping the tire 2018. That was and awesome. then and then doing the doing the Murphs this month in, in 2019. It's just nice to feel like. Uh, Skydiving is my sport, right? But it's not really a super physically demanding sport of like where athletic fitness comes in. Look at Hank. Sure. <laughs> or, or, or I mean, there there are world class flyers who are super out of shape alcoholics, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so I don't feel like I can justify my, you know, my desire for fitness through. Uh, oh, well, I'm an athlete for a living, and I must be in good shape. So it's nice just to have it, uh, to have something to point it at, I guess. And I, I would really like to, you know, learning jujitsu has been on my to-do list for a decade now. Yeah. And uh, I've been to a handful of, of private jujitsu classes. But when I think about, hey, th- this is a good reason to, to try and stay fit, that's that's a, a good reason that comes to mind. And maybe I'll someday get around to that. Maybe I won't. Yeah. I, um, I sacrifice September meant more to me than I absolutely ultimately realized. And that fitness challenge was really good. But what was great for me is how much easier I, I'm still struggle. It's still a fight every time, but it's easier for myself to motivate myself when I can say I just did that. What I'm asking myself to do daily is not even close to that. Like it, it's, do, I challenge anybody, man, do a month of sacrificing of something that means anything significant. And the takeaway for me, people hear me say it's an exercise in discipline. That's what Sacrifice September is about. How easy it is. Dude, I went to my mom's house for Christmas. She, excuse me, I got gas. She loves to cook food for me. Like, what? whose mom doesn't, right? She loves to cook junk food, cookies, all sorts of shit. I asked mom not to have a lot of that stuff. She still had some, not tons. My sister bought a pie that her and I discussed ahead of time. It was a, it was a apple streusel pecan. I might have got the words out of order. Or apple pecan crumble streusel something pie. It's freaking ridiculously good. Do you know there's between a streusel and a strudel? Strudel. Okay, so whatever word it is, <laughs> I'm gonna get no, back. No, I, I think you have it right. Because okay. when I was, I, I did uh, holidays earlier in December. I, w- I was in Utah uh, December eighth through the tenth, and uh-huh. we had our our uh, what do we call it? Thanksmas. We just combined Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving and Christmas, which saves on those ridiculous travel costs and the, and the That's chaos what I normally of the holiday do. travel. Never called it Thanksmas, though. Thanksmas, there it is. Thanksmas for that word. Hey, you're very... Uh, Welcome years. Christmas. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, so, wait, what? I just totally lost my train of thought. Strudel versus Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, we went out to this uh, place called the Bohemian that had uh, a lot of German food. And they had on the on the menu something something streusel, and I, and then this sparked a debate whether the proper word was strudel or streusel. So I think you got it right. Is yeah, strudel a, a pop tart? A strudel is toaster strudels are fucking amazing. 
A strudel is uh, layers of thin sheets of pastry wrapped around a fruit filling. Okay. So like tart. The, being yep. the roll there's, up. there's my toaster strudel. And the streusel is a sugary crumble topping. Perfect. Mm. So crumble streusel. Um, I ate half a piece of that stupid pie. I'm sorry, Debbie. I didn't eat any more. But my discipline that, that I gained from Sacrifice September was huge. I do want to change something that Rogan and his boys have done is Sacrifice September has sometimes been really challenging. The fitness challenge I did one year, and sometimes it's been other ways, and I'm very curious, but I, I do want to do something different this year. I'm not sure what. We got plenty of time to think about it. Um, let's burn into 2020, man, because I do have a few things I want to hit up here. In 2020, one of the things I want to talk about is, is personal goals. Um, uh, I also want to talk about the Deland uh, Air Show. <laughs> did I get it right? That, that sounds <laughs> nice. Yeah. Dude, that sounds pretty fun. That Air Show. Cool, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but before we get to the Deland Roadshow, uh, I, I want to talk a little bit about what our personal goals are this year. Um, again, I don't want to share everything I have goal-wise. It's personal. Um, but I do want to talk about what we want to do and where we want to go. So I'm, I'm not going to go first. I'll go first and talk shit about all of the posts that I see about this new year, new me Fuck, I hate nonsense. That. Man, if you fucking need January 1st to roll around to do anything different, you're gonna last a week. Yeah, <laughs> I, like I, I don't like. I hate to see that stuff online and try it. Like I would never post this comment to anyone of like, yeah, shut the fuck up. You're gonna, you're gonna quit. Yeah, but I mean, that's really how I feel when I see a lot of people say these things. New, new year, new me. Oh, new decade, new. Me. No, you're still you. There's no new you. Like if you're not doing anything, nothing's changed you. The calendar's rolled over, sure. Yeah. But it's like, man, you got to find a better reason than than it's new. I mean. That's why I don't want to share all of my things. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. it's such a stupid thing. It is. It is silly. It's yeah. silly. I mean, I always. I love to set goals. I love the satisfaction of putting a check in a box next to a goal that I wrote down somewhere. That yes. to me is far more like when I achieve a goal, like the that motivated, like driven feeling that I have when I set it is very seldom met when I actually accomplish the goal, whatever it is in the moment when it happens. But it's like to me, it's about the journey of growth that happens when you're trying to get to this to this difficult thing. But um, man, I think that uh, if you really have a goal and you decide that you're really gonna do do something different, man, I think that that's great, and I think that you should do that. But if you're just getting behind the hype of New Year's resolutions and you're gonna set, I mean, if if you told yourself that you were gonna you know, okay, you want to sleep in on January 1st because you because you partied on, on New Year's Eve? Okay, cool, I'll give you that one. But if you had a goal that you didn't go after today on January 2nd, man, <laughs> I don't, I just don't believe you. Yeah, I just don't believe him. So for me, that so I'll, I'll start talking about mine at that point. For me, I hate the New Year's resolution as well, but I'm with you. Set goals for yourself. Yeah, but how many goals do you accomplish in a year that's not a New Year's resolution? So I've never you're, really set a New Year's resolution. Right, because you're just a goal-setting person. Yeah. Okay, great. But that makes sense. For once in my life, I'm going to take a new year to choose a time to set a goal only because I have a time. Like, I set all my goals in time frames. I, I want in this amount of time. Sometimes it's loose, you know, in the next one or two years. Sometimes it's very specific in the next so many days or, or months or whatever. In this case, I, I'm going to be specific with time frame, but I'm going to be I'm, I'm just going to use a calendar year to make that time frame happen. And again, I'm not going to share all my goals, but what I'll say is find something new to learn. That's my challenge to anybody this year. If you want to set a stupid fucking New Year's resolution goal, whatever you want to call it, I challenge you find something new and different to learn this year. 
whether it's a foreign language, whether it's to play piano, whether it's to learn to skydive, whether it's learn to swim, whether it's to learn how to drive a super dope Jeep, um, whatever it is, that was for Justin, whatever it is, learn something new and actually set a parameter to how well you want to qualify at that skill set. Um, do you want to be fluent in that language? Which I'll tell you, a year to be fluent in a language is a very stiff goal, so do not set foolish goals. Do your fucking research before you set your goals and make sure you're setting reasonable and smart goals for yourself. For me, I have a couple smart goals set before me, um, and, and I can't wait to, and I'll tell you right now, my two biggest goals are both about learning, learning new things and learning new challenges. I bet you're around my life enough, you'll figure it out pretty quickly. So, anything new that you guys are learning? Justin, go. Uh, nothing specific centered <laughs> around learning anything. Yeah? I see mm. your gears turning when I say that. Like, I kind of almost get on a soapbox and give a speech for a second. And, and as I say that, I see you locked into that conversation, which, honestly, it's very easy over there to get lost out of the conversation because you have so many, you got a lot of shit in front of you, dude. <laughs> um, so, I'm curious. I hope you take that challenge. Find something new to learn. Find something different to do. Um, I also have a couple other plans this year. I, I always set goals for myself financially. Uh, Business-wise, I have some very interesting goals business-wise. Um, nothing that anybody else will notice significantly outside of myself or the guys who work with me. Um, but, man, it, it's I'm looking forward to 2020. A new year, a new vision. A new, year, new, new year, new me. New vision. <laughs> How many vision jokes we're going to hear this fucking year, dude? 2020. <laughs> I can see it in Oh, yeah. I hadn't even had that thought yet. Yeah, that's stupid. Yeah. I have, that's the thing I've least looked forward to about this year. Is it's 2020. I got good vision. <laughs> Fuck. I'm sorry. I, that joke makes me mad. Well, I'm not ever going to make it. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure I'll, I'll hear it now. So any, what are you guys doing this year different? Anything? I really on? am going to learn the piano this year. Are you? Yeah. Fuck. I have. God I, you damn know, you. I, I played guitar as a kid, right? Yeah. And I haven't. My guitar sits on the top of my closet and does nothing. And uh, my mom uh, has multiple sclerosis. And one thing that you're supposed to do, well, if you have a mess, keep the disease from progressing, is learn tactile things, learn things that involve m- complex movements of your of your hands. And so she bought a piano. She said she's always wanted to learn to p- play the piano. We were at her house over the over our holidays. Sam knows the piano. She was forced to learn it as a child because she's Asian. And uh, so she taught me a song while we were there, and I was like, "Man, this is this is really fun." And then just I I did learn. Uh, I guess I watched a tutorial for one for sure song, maybe a second one, and like finding the patterns of movement, like it's pretty like it seems almost intuitive when you look at it on the on the piano. But it's been a, it's been a lot of fun. So I, I I'm gonna pick a song that I'm going to definitely play the piano to before the end of the year. And if I'm feeling super bold, I might even sing it. So first of all, your goal, your substantial, your, 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 your tuned goal is a song. Uh, I have a particular song in mind. But no, but yeah, you're, so when I say set a distinct goal, so I'll, I'll share one of my goals at this point because you're a fucking asshole, is if you look at my... Are you going to play the piano? <laughs> oh my God, are we going to have a dual <laughs> piano recital? <laughs> 
<laughs> my Amazon shopping list. I have keyboards on there right Dude, now. Dude, fuck yes. Dude, we're going to play, like, we'll we'll both sit down and you'll play the low end of something and I'll play the high end. And Dude, it's what if we great. could get this together for the fucking film festival, man? Are we going to make a movie about it? How crazy. Or are we just going to play the intro for the film festival? <laughs> Dude, that would be so fucking fun. We'll figure that out. We'll figure that out. Um, so one song is your goal. I haven't set the them out, but... Um, are you going to learn to play music or are you going to learn to pay patterns? Play patterns. So I learned to read music when I was a kid. I don't okay. remember it all that well. It's no. It's been a long time. Every good boy but does fine always. Yeah, every good no. bird does fly. Every good boy does fine and then good boys do fine always is bass clef. So if you're going to play piano, you have to know both. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like reading music makes like reading sheet music makes sense because when they made that up, they didn't have YouTube tutorials. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like it's a great way to convey the idea before there was an easier, you know, a technologically easier way. So I'm just gonna see what makes the most sense to my to my brain. I think it's like part of the appeal of learning the piano and learning a classical instrument. I think sheet music kind of goes along with that whole fantasy. Sure, but we'll see. We'll see what my brain likes. Well, so if you ever uh, think about playing anything other than piano, if you if you can read music and play. On a piano, you can play anything. Yeah, that's what they say, right? The, yeah. that's a, I learned a, when I was young, right? and it, it accelerated. Cause I, I I played saxophone for a long time, uh, and knowing piano going into that, like I I was two years ahead of everybody. Nice. That's cool. I'm curious, uh, off the air, privately, I want to share what my song... I, I do have a song. And will you share your song with sure, me? Sure, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, and and my, I definitely want to keep mine private because ultimately I want to use a song for a purpose. Um, we might have to learn two songs in because we need to share a song. Because that, that, dude, the film festival playing an intro, that I sounds mean, so <laughs> dope. I don't know. I think we're going to need a whole orchestra if we're going to have something like intense dude, enough. Jimmy Wynn could join us for sure. Jimmy Wynn, or orchestra, right? What's he play? The French horn? French I, horn. I yeah. don't know. He plays the French horn. Justin, what do you play? Saxophone. We got Fudala can play drums, I think. Okay. And then we're going to be on dueling pianos. Dude, we can get a boy <laughs> with a guitar. What's his name? Jeff Freeman, I think, can play guitar. Yeah. Uh, anyways, that, that, that that's a huge dream. I just want to get this keyboard thing figured out. I'm going to start with, uh, so I thought about patterns versus music. So I played trombone in junior high. I played trombone for a couple years. And... I learned to read music up front because I, and I'm pretty stoked I had every good boy does fine even figured out at all. I was I was shocked I had it in it all right. Um, and I couldn't do well with reading music, so I had to learn slide positions. There's seven positions on the slide and basic trombone, and then the tenseness of lips basically changes your tune from there. And the first chair, I was second chair, which means I was the second best trombone player. There was three of us and the other guy lived windows on the way to school. <laughs> I picked trombone to make, if you made top two chairs in junior high, you got to uh, go on the traveling band, which meant you got to go. To, we lived in Japan, went to a Department of Defense American school. We went to other Japanese schools or other schools, including Department of Defense schools, and played band. And if you're in the first two chairs, you got to go on that traveling band, which A means you missed school. And B means you got an A for what you missed, which is the only time I got A's. So I, I was <laughs> like, I played trumpet for the first two weeks, heard the traveling chairs, Picked trombone because there was only two guys and I knew I could kick the window liquor. And I really, I'm sorry, the guy really <laughs> licked windows on the way to school. I'm not trying to be silly, man. Um, so uh, I learned position. Trombone I'm, is not easy, um, especially to get it dialed in. It was easier than trumpet because of the cup size. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you meant as far as the embouchure goes? 
Yes. Yeah, I understand what you just said, <clears throat> but I would have not used those words. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, I just because I don't know those words. You're smarter than me. Your mouth muscles. Mouth muscles. Um, but I'm going to learn oh. position of key, of piano because for me it's easier to process and digest. But I want to use that to learn to read music at the same time. I don't know how far I'm going to go, but one year of keyboard is my goal. See, my my goal, like I don't have a goal to really participate in a in a band. Like I played in like heavy metal mm. bands when I was a kid. I don't want to play with anybody, and that shit was super fun. Yeah. But it's like, hey, I want to be able to sit down at some someone's house that has a piano and play five songs. Yeah, I would love to be able to play a few songs. It, it's the same goal as you. I would love to just sit down and enjoy. And I love when Val and I go on vacation. We look for one of two spots always: a place where a guy is playing acoustic guitar or gal and singing along. Or a place where a guy is playing a piano and singing along. And we listen to stuff like Elton John, uh, some um, Elway, not Elway. <laughs> John. <laughs> some John, John Elway. Elway. Yeah. Um, oh, John Elway. I heard Elway and I was like, is this like a Chinese country singer that I don't know about? So Elton John, Elway. John Lennon. Don't know how this gets me to John Elway, but that's how it got there. Um, j- just stuff like that. Um, so... That that is one of my goals is to learn piano, you bastard. Well, I might I might sing the song also. I know. Have you heard me? Yes, you have heard me sing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I thought you were Bruno Mars. <laughs> <laughs> because I have cute dimples, I'm short. I sing really well, and I have curly hair. Yeah, and you're this like that little true. little bit of brown. That, that's the only <laughs> truth. I'm barely brown <laughs> to be Bruno. So Mars. is he? Yeah, yeah. yeah he's he's dark <laughs> compared to me. Is he? Oh yeah, I'm a bit wider than him. I think huh. he's a lot more obviously Asian. He's Asian. Is he part Asian? Uh, it's, it's just this What's like racial ambiguity <laughs> that both of you have. Do a racist <laughs> Google search. <laughs> <laughs> I swear he's part Asian. I just don't remember. I mean, why. You could be totally right. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Help us out, Ginger. He's just got My that gingerbread. He's got that ill swag. I wasn't sure. Yeah. Um, and he's not breakdancing, so I don't know. It doesn't seem Asian, dude. Goals this year. I'm wait. I'm just. I'm on pins and needles waiting for the Google. Oh, there. there's so much. I'm gonna start calling Justin Google. His real name on. is Peter Jean Hernandez. <laughs> <laughs> Hernandez. <laughs> Hernandez. Asian. My ass. The fuck. It sounds like a baseball Dominican player. Republic. <laughs> Where's he uh, from? The Puerto Rican. So his father's half. Uh, his father is of half Puerto Rican and half Jewish descent. Mm, a Jew from U- Ukraine hair. and Hungary. And his mother <laughs> immigrated that? from the Philippines. Oh, there's, there's a, there, there you it go. is. Yeah, she's like dude, your those girlfriend. Those fucking Filipinos can dance, dude. dude. Holy shit! Man, Asian b boys is a real thing. They can dance, dude. All, all of all of Sam's cousins, they've all been in like dance crews yeah. growing up, and they can all break dance. It's it's hilarious to watch. I hung out with tons of Asian buddies growing up in Hawaii, and of all of them, I was the only one who couldn't dance. I hung out with all Asians and all black dudes in Hawaii. But but hey, you're the only one that could drive, right? <laughs> oh, no, not really. Didn't you yeah. teach traffic school? <laughs> Doesn't mean I can drive, man. It just means I can teach you how to get out of tickets. Man. So apparently, uh, Patty plays classical piano, piano, and Ron said you can come over anytime. Heck yeah. Um, dude, I act BD. Anyways. I'm going to so learn all the songs from Frozen. Damn it. Fuck you. <laughs> you want to build a stone? I'm killing it right now. I'm stopping oh the whole thing. God. <laughs> so any any other 2020 goals, vision, future things you guys want to talk about, projects coming up? 
I've got a list. I've got an ongoing list. Always got a list, man. We'll bring up some more of them, but nothing specifically new for 2020, nothing specific for the year. I have some stuff I, I want to accomplish, up, but man? I'm I mean, I'm similar to you. I don't I don't like like I want it to be for me. I don't like broadcasting it and making like a specific new year thing cuz I've I've never done that either. But I definitely have some things I want to do. I do think that there is something to be said for people who s- maybe struggle with setting and uh, maintaining the pursuit of a goal. If you do tell people about it, then they're going to ask you. Like if I told yeah. you, hey, uh, I'm going to blah, 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 blah. In six weeks when you haven't seen me do any of that shit, you might ask me, hey, what happened to this? And then maybe that's going to get me back on, on track. Or uh, maybe I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to do that. So I think it w- what really makes sense here is I, w- I want to talk a little bit about goal setting for a second. We, we do use the show a lot to share skydiving and, and skydiving and coaching. We talk about good goal setting. A good coach is, is a motivator. We help set goals. And one of the things we need to remember is a long-term vision. So if you are setting a goal for this year, for example, I want to be able to play the piano or I want to be able to skydive or I want to be able to do whatever – Long-term vision is necessary because you accomplish short-term goals so quickly, that's so easy. Hey, I want to learn to play the first three bars of the Top Gun theme. It's so easy. Nick can do it on his fucking phone. Nailed it. Nailed it, man. So You, you saw that new trailer? Though, dude, I cannot wait. That second trailer is the whole reason I learned that song. Dude, so what was great <laughs> is we just watched Star Wars, and that trailer plays in, st- in the theater. God, I'm going to have such a hard time not playing it right now. And it play, Please play it. And No, <laughs> please really play it. And so there are some younger fellas sitting in front of me. And the perspective of the younger crowd of what Top Gun's going to be versus the perspective of those who live through it. Dude, for me, I grew up you on... you got to keep talking. I'm just going to uh, add the dramatic background. <laughs> Dude, this is perfect because I grew up on a Marine Corps air station. I grew up where my father was part of the FA-18 program. He helped prep bases and aircraft carriers. It makes for it the sound F- so much more <laughs> epic. <laughs> I feel okay. so good. So what I'm just saying is there is a truth to that. I, I've been to Miramar, the base where the, the, the movie where this... The, the base where the movie was shot. I actually worked, did some work there. I've driven down that area. Dude, it's such an iconic movie, not just in history, but to my life. And then to hear these kids talk about the movie in ways where they have no understanding what that movie meant to us. Hang on. You want to hear my conspiracy theory real quick? <sighs> Tom Cruise. What movie got you? <laughs> no, no, it's not Scientology. <laughs> what movie got you into skydiving? Oh, dude. Uh, culmination of Cutaway, Drop Zone, Terminal Velocity, in that order. So my only point being is that movies can be pretty persuasive. Hugely. Did you know that after the uh, release of Top Gun, the Navy saw a 500% increase in uh, recruitment? Not, I'm not shocked at all. The amount so I <laughs> think that the, you know, that the government participates in letting them use these airplanes and they help with the, the filming and all that. I think it's a giant recruitment ploy. I think the Navy said, hey, Tom Cruise... <laughs> We need you to make another fucking Top Gun because we're still shooting missiles from airplanes. At and the chemtrails aren't working. <laughs> <laughs> so for a long time, video game multiplayer shooters were like 8v8, eight, 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 8 versus 8. And the size was very limited. And one of the first massive shooters online, were, particularly in the console world, not the PC world, where you had a massive number of people where it was army versus army, was a game that was actually supported by the U.S. Army as part of a recruiting, like, hey, we want you to see what it's like to be a soldier. So I, I played the game as like, I want to kill 12-year-olds. Woohoo! it's pixel, shoot things. Um, but it was openly admitted this is a recruiting game. This game is meant to help recruit people. Uh, so I, they did that. I don't disbelieve at all they use these You mean movies. like The Last Starfighter? 
Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, so good. Oh, no, yeah. I don't know that movie. I dreamed of being that kid. Yeah. Um, the kid played video games. Uh, ultimately, the video game was a recruitment tool for the uh, Galactic Force to be the last starfighter to defend the galaxy. Of course it is, you fucking nerds. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that was a pretty good description off the yeah, top. Yeah, it was perfect. Yeah. I didn't expect you to get it. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. good, good. Dude, I will tell you, watching the last Star Wars did one thing in my poor life. I want to get another lightsaber. <laughs> so you can battle it out with your imaginary friend because that's all you've got. So you can cross the streams <laughs> with myself. Sword fight. Are you, are you going to get a little Yoda statue that can hold the lightsaber so you have someone to battle with? That is such a great idea. <laughs> Dude, he's your height, so this will work out pretty. Dude, that can be a good Halloween costume. Oh, nice. You could dress up as Yoda. Yeah, who are you going to be? Do you have stilts? Chewbacca. <laughs> I got the beard for it. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> nah, dude, if I grow my beard long enough, I'll yeah, comb well, it over. You take that hat off, everyone's going to know you're not Chewbacca. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I've always said I want to do the ultimate comb over when I grew my beard long. God, I'd be so happy <laughs> if you did that. I'd be so happy if that really <laughs> Could happened. Could you imagine rapping? That would be so God, awesome. this is a totally obscure thing. Did you ever watch that show? I think it was called Whisker Wars. No. I've seen something like that. Okay, well, there was this guy who grew his... like It was just a beard and mustache <laughs> like competition. competition yeah. And it followed one guy who was, I guess, pretty iconic in the scene. His name was Jack Passion, who I don't even <laughs> believe that that was his real name. But man, was he really passionate about Jack? Is this a porno? <laughs> he had a glorious fucking beard, this guy. It was beautiful. But it would show some of the competitions that he would go to. And oh my God, I could not believe the shape and insanity of some of these people's mustaches. Look up, uh, yeah, Whisker Wars. I'm pretty sure that was the name of it. I, I, I'm not quite sure of the context here, but I pissed on the volleyball court is simply what Kevin yeah. Craig posted. I'm not sure if I need to know. Is that a Top Gun reference? <sighs> I guess. I don't remember that being a Top Gun reference. I mean, they play volleyball with their shirts off. By the way, hi, Aunt Mitzi. This is not my normal me. (laughs) I'm very pleased with watching. Uh, Dude, Aunt Mitzi, I've not uh, seen Aunt Mitzi in quite a few years. We saw it at a family reunion. We just became friends on Facebook together. I didn't know she had a Facebook account. And honestly, like, I would have not, like, I, I, I know my Aunt Mitzi's first given name is Melissa, but I don't realize or know that until I see it around. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's her name. Oh my god, the Google image results for Whisker Wars are so are good. They, are they crazy? <laughs> They're so good. Will you please put some of it up so I can enjoy it? <laughs> oh yeah. Dude, that's Jack <laughs> Passion. You see him? Which one? M- middle, uh, second row, oh, the really red beard. All this white guy? picture? Yeah, look at that guy. Oh, excuse me. Jack uh, Passion. Look, that's a glorious beard. <laughs> Is it J- Jack Passion? Is that's it, what it right? says, yeah. Yeah, God, that's a glorious beard. Passion points with Whisker Wars, oh, but Jack hold on. Passion. Look, look at the old white guy with the crazy mustache that's all curled up. This Down, guy? Yeah, that one right there. Oh, uh, it doesn't even... <laughs> dude, Get all the things crazy. I know that, yeah. How crazy is that? I am familiar with that fella. See, that makes your beard come over idea look stupid. <laughs> it does, man. Look at this guy. <laughs> Man, the next time, it, I don't know if I'll ever grow out my beard super long again. Dude, it's majestic. But the next time I grow out my beard super long, remind me to, to do something majestic with it. I mean, I just need to make my beard look like one of those things. Like Jack Passion. Oh. Man, absolutely crazy. Oh, my God. What about the, the one on the far left? I think oh, that might shit. be the third. Yeah, this that one? thing that looks like it's a... <laughs> God what damn. the... Holy! That explosion. looks like a Halloween costume. It looks like an octopus ate his face yeah. and it became like his beard. His hair just exploded at his mouth. Is what it looks <laughs> like, man. Poof! A hair explosion through the face hole. Oh my god, this is great. 
Man, we need to get moving along just because this. Oh my no, god! I'm, we're about <laughs> to redefine our 2020 goals with some of this. <laughs> Look up the open wheel Have racer and a bicycle. Birdcage beard. Google birdcage beard. Okay, I'm gonna not like. <laughs> I'm gonna take it off the stream while I Google. That. <laughs> yeah, that's probably a good idea. But if you can picture birdcage beard just with those words, you probably pictured it right. Um, (laughs) nope, that's not the one I was thinking of. No, no, no. There's another one, and there's more than one. (laughs) What about the third image there? Bird cage. This guy? Yeah, what's that? Bat stash? What the fuck? No, no. There's a guy with a bird, with a beard that's a bird cage, with a bird in the beard. So find that beard, bird in a beard cage. Beard. Beard cage. Beard cage. (laughs) Words I never thought I would be saying. Okay, back oh. to, back to two thousand, back to twenty twenty. Kevin Craig was on the NTC Naval Training Center. It's a base in San Diego where they recorded the volleyball scene, and that's where he pissed on it. Oh. That all makes sense now. Oh, Thank so you, Kevin, for keeping up with on me. The well, yeah. so I don't remember what's the, the, the Scientologist God. What's his name? Zenu. Zenu. Zenu is going to be very upset with you, yeah. Kevin Craig. Zenu shit Tom Cruise out onto that volleyball court, sir. Uh, <laughs> no, he blasted him out of a volcano a trillion years ago. Don't you know? No, I don't know my Scientology pack. <laughs> Did you not see the South Park about Scientology? Oh, it's so good. I, I might have, but uh, man, I, I watch South Park while I'm doing things around the house, so I don't always pay the best attention to it. Well, you should watch the one about Scientology. It's fully worth it. Um, Dude. 2020, uh, I, I forget. There was something else I had in the, those conversations, but let's move on to 2020 for Gravity Lab Radio because we talked about it doing last year, and last year just didn't happen. I wanted to do the great Deland Road Show. The Deland Road Show is what we're now dubbing it, although the Deland Air Show sounds so much fucking cooler. Um, where we go to Deland and we get guests that we otherwise... Rebecca Nog, iFly, is the shit compared to uh, the real air. It is super realistic. So Re- Rebecca, I, what? I just what did you just throw in? Re- Rebecca is a friend of mine. When I started skydiving, hi Rebecca. She was a student when I was a student. Hey. We became friends through the student program. Uh, consoled each other through student program when she needed help, or just she was like, "Hey, you did okay. You'll be fine." You had an instructor who might have been an asshole and failed you for no reason. <laughs> um, that was my take back then. Today, I don't know because I don't really know the situation. But uh, known her for a while. We've stayed friends since. She hasn't jumped because of an injury and can't really jump because of that injury. Um, and yeah, dude, if you can't jump guys and gals at the wind tunnel, man, dude, my niece and my sister are coming this year, this summer, taking them to the wind tunnel. My sister's going to go make a skydive with me, but I want her to go in the wind tunnel first. Mm-hmm. After she goes, has in she wind- jumped ever? Yes. One tandem okay. with me. One tandem. Uh, I want her to learn to do turns and fly in the tunnel. And after that, I'm going to teach her how to put her feet straight down into the wind. Fuck you. She's not German. <laughs> um, actually she is partially, partially. There we go. Um, I'm going to get at least one leg down. Well, I want to turn points with her. I want her to understand what it's like to skydive with friends. So I want you, I'm going to ask Steven, Valerie, and Nicole to go out with my sister. I want you to shoot video. You're going to ask me to go out with your sister? For sure. Did I you thought guys she was married. She is, dude, but don't worry about that. <laughs> um, I, and I, I want you to shoot video, but I want them to turn some points with her. You know, some really basic, simple points, also dissecting the moment to where she can just enjoy the view. So go out, build the basic piece, let her enjoy the view while we're building it, and then turn two or three points. Um, so my niece do, but I want to get my niece in the wind tunnel. I cannot wait to see what happens when they turn the wind on with her little pumpkin ass in there, man. No, I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. Hopefully she's out of diapers. Cause can you <laughs> how, wait, how old is she now? She's, she's three. two. She's three. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. She's a little behind the curve on getting out of diapers, but they're, they're very, they're working good at the process right now. <laughs> 
It'd be great. I mean, I hope it's... <laughs> someone has to have at least thrown up in the wind tunnel, don't you think? Has to. Oh, has God. To. I wonder if the instructor feels... I can't imagine. <laughs> no, there's the filter filtration. I don't know, man. I just got... Oh. That's horrible. Yeah, I don't think it... I mean, the the Utah one is recirculating. Yeah. And also, so are all these new ones. But in Utah, that I did once take a dollar bill into the tunnel and let it go. I, I I was making a joke magic trick with the camera. <laughs> I held it in front of the camera and just went whoosh with my hand as I let the dollar bill go. And from the perspective of the video, it looks like it disappears, right? But it made a few laps. <laughs> and every time, like, I went Did up. stay whole? No, it uh, came through as a smaller confetti. piece every time. <laughs> not, not quite confetti, okay. but it was just less of a chunk of a dollar. Gotcha. And so I'd kind of go up high in the chamber and look straight down to the basement so I could see it coming. <laughs> and by the time I saw it and thought to grab it, it had already passed me, but it was fun. So you never caught it was my question. I I think that I did catch it because I remember having it in my hand again, being like, "This dollar is not the like. Where's the rest? <laughs> this is not what I let or, go oh, of." It, you know, it may have actually stuck on the bottom of the net. That might be how I got my hands on it again. Mm. Not fully positive, but that that sounds like that could happen. But I haven't done that in 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 the the newer tunnels, so I don't know if it would go around or not. Because you see all like the earplugs and stuff at the bottom. Yeah, and the so yeah, yeah. Seems yeah. like something needs at least a, a significant. I mean, I guess a dollar bill flies a lot better than or i mean has a lot more lift than an earplug but uh yeah no, i don't know I, I don't know what the shape and size of those basements if it would keep going through or not i'm pretty sure it will because uh, if We're it's light enough, find out if it's light enough it will um so to the land roadshow last year we never made it it just never happened it was too big of a dream at that point i was too short-sighted in figuring it out this last year as it went by i said man we can do it next year but it's going to take way more planning ahead and way more thinking ahead I really started processing it first in January, in February of this year. Um, and really, I, I, I think I've shared the story. I spoke with John LeBlanc about doing it and getting his interest to see if it was even worth it, and he was interested. I'll talk more about John in a second. Um, and then as we've gone further along, we've been planning really far ahead. So w- what I want to do now is I want to update everybody. And I say everybody. I don't think either one of you guys know all the details yet either. The Deland Roadshow, we are definitely going to be doing this. Um, we have our airfare supported by a gracious friend of ours. Um, he, he, he will remain nameless, so if you happen to know who it is, it, it is an anonymous donation. So thank you so much for that, homie. Um, the airfare is donated uh, for Nick and I. Very, very fortunately, Justin has enough uh, frequent flyer points, right? Oh, yeah. So Justin's going to be able to come with <laughs> oh, us. Oh, yeah. And honestly, I <laughs> so don't... So many points and not enough vacations. <laughs> yeah. the, I originally planned for just Nick and I because I didn't know if you'd be able to get off work or not. And when you were able to get off work, I was very shocked. But I, I really love it because this show really is the spirit of the three of us. Number one, it is the three of us. Number two, Nick co-hosting is, is very valuable to me, especially with a big hitter like this. So to me, it means a lot. Um, also, your video, we need a video, we need a laptop that can do production video on the fly with us, and I think you can support that as well. Yeah. So there's so many reasons why I, I'm so stoked that it'll work out for the three of us. We have. I'm working on the exact dates. The dates are the 18th and 19th. We're going to be running a show, uh, two shows a day, morning and afternoon. We're running start time between 9 and 10 a.m. on the morning for each show. I'll let the guests decide what works best. Uh, We'll stop for a lunch break, do whatever we want. I hope it's still there. There's a wonderful Thai slash sushi joint in the land if you've never been. We will be doing lunch or dinner there one day. Uh, we'll do the evening, the afternoon show between 3 and 4 p.m. as a start time. Um, I want to talk about logistics with you guys about the rest of that. 
Um, the 18th and 19th, so we'll fly in on the 17th. We have enough support that we're going to get a lot of our Airbnb and rental car covered to a group and list of people. I will reach out and contact you guys. Uh, We already have some communication with a bunch of people. So thank you guys and gals so much for your support. I'll tell you right now, we can still use a little bit more help. A good example to ship all this equipment there is going to cost us a lot of money as well. Um, I am willing to spend as much of this out of pocket as I need to, but I, I honestly will say it's a huge help. Um, if we have enough need, we will do day three, and that's where Justin and I have talked a little bit. 18th, 19th for sure. If we have more guests, then we will look at the 20th as well. So we'll either come back Thursday or Friday. We'll leave Monday, and, and that's kind of the goals for now. Um any questions about that part so far? Man, I'm super excited. Uh, just between Bill Booth and John LeBlanc, like there are so many good stories there. Yeah. So let's talk about guests. Anything else? Because I do want to bring up some guest ideas. <clears throat> no. So guest ideas. So first of all, huge shout out to Performance Designs. I've been in touch with Albert Berktold. Albert is the director of marketing. I reached out to him and said, Albert, we this is our plan. This is our goal. They don't currently have a space designated for us, but they will have a space for us. He said, we'll have a space. We'll make it work. This is very well worth it. Um, so Performance Designs will be hosting the show. <laughs> and for me, that's great because I've had a long relationship with the folks at Performance Designs. I've known Albert for a while. I've known a lot of those guys and gals for a while. So it's super cool to, to have that family become an even tighter family. Because now we're going to make more friends and, and get even tighter with that group of people. Um, so thank you, Performance Designs. By the way, we will be doing a tour while we're there, boys. Yeah. Oh, for sure. We're going to tour UPT. We're yeah. gonna, I, any I'd, manufacturer I'd do it, we can. I'd do it without you if you yeah. if we weren't doing that. No, for sure. And we're going to like tour PD before we deal with John LeBlanc. We're going to tour UPT before we deal with Bill Booth. That is the goals. Gives us some insight to what we're talking about, right? Um. So thank you, thank you, thank you to PD for hosting that. I, I do want to give a shout-out as well to UPT Tom Noonan. Tom Noonan is the director of Tandem Operations for UPT. They have what they call the Sigma Training Center, which is in a different building from UPT, but it is also part of them, also known as the Vigil Building. And the Sigma Training Center is a Sigma Tandem instructor thing where, where Tom does a lot of his classes. We do have that room on backup. Tom has that room set aside. Uh, Riley Marshall, who we all know, uh, is in marketing there, and she has that set aside as a backup plan in case anything falls out. So we have our location super locked down. So th- that that is good news. Uh, John, or Bill Booth and I were put in touch by Tom Noonan. Um, I sent out an email today to Bill Booth. I've sent out a few emails, but today I gave, here are the session times we have, what session works best for you. Um, John LeBlanc, I'm trying to get our emails tied together. Uh, of all the years, I've actually never had his email. I'm trying to do as much as I can through some trackable, traceable channels like email. So, uh, But John said yes in, in, in February about doing it. It's a matter of does his schedule match up. So hopefully we'll have Tom uh, John LeBlanc. And today I uh, don't have the dates that work for him, but Shannon Pilcher said he would do the show as well. And and Shannon was by far, my, like hands down, my third choice of person between is those. Is he the founder of Flight One? He is one of the founders of Flight One. Him, J-Mo, Ian Bobo. Uh, man, I'm really bummed about this next statement. And it's going to sound silly, but it's not when you hear it all. Uh, he also hosts a podcast called Choices. And what I'm bummed about is he started trying to release them every two weeks. Um, and I don't think we've seen a Choices episode for the last half of this year. Super cool news for me to hear is he wanted to help promote choices while we were on the show, while he was on as a guest. 
and promote that. And guys, if you haven't listened, search for Choices Shannon. If you just search for Choices on a, 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 a podcast app, you're not going to find anything. Listen to my buddy Antonio Arias here on his show. It's it, a good one. It's a great one. It's absolutely a great one, man. Um, I really like the structure of his show that I get it would be much more appealing to non-jumpers maybe yes. than our show is because I think we, we just talk to each other and about everything like everyone's a skydiver, right? Yeah. But I think he does a really good job of making it uh, more graspable to people who don't jump out of airplanes. Have we talked about skydiving the whole time? Yeah, I know. But Fuck. what <laughs> he does do, is, and so one thing that questions in my mind before I listen to the show is what you said makes me wonder if I'm going to be disconnected from the show because they're speaking not necessarily down to me, but during those moments, it's kind of speaking down to me because I understand these basic concepts. But he does such a great job of explaining these WUFO terms, terms to non-skydivers, in a way that is consumable and simple. I mean, we've all had to do that, right? Yeah, yeah. But like, I don't feel like it's wasting my time. Mm-hmm. He does a good job of, of... I mean, I think as long as you just have the audience in mind. Because yeah. to me, I feel like our audience is skydivers. Like, I feel like that's who listens to the show. And so I, I don't have a big desire for us to try and make it graspable to people because, you know, our, our audience base is going to have that same feeling of, sure. you know, why are they telling me what a tandem is? Yeah, if you don't know what a tandem is, um, Google, man. Find Google, uh, tandem DVDA. I'm not, Debbie, do not Google that. <laughs> <laughs> I think Justin knows what DVDA is by the expression on his face, but I, again, will not repeat what it means. Justin's look on his face is going to throw up. Um so th- those are the people we're going to have a show. Uh, Shannon, so back to it, he talked about promoting <laughs> choices. Wow, I talk about it. Sorry about that segue, Shannon. Um, <laughs> choices, it is a phenomenal show, but asking to plug it, it really makes me think and wonder, is he going to start putting episodes back out? Um, when he did the original run of his show, he actually, like Antonio's episode was canned a year, was 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 recorded a year ahead of time. Mm-hmm. So he, he uh, like us, it doesn't seem like the conversation is edited. As far as like for content, it might be edited for quality, but not for content. But he doesn't release until until a while later. So Shannon's gonna uh, hopefully be not hopefully he will be on the show and hopefully choices will come back out with some more episodes. Um, canning episodes that that's one of the conversations I want to have with you guys. So we're gonna have at least four episodes while we're there. That means we're going to in two days pump four episodes. Number one, we're gonna live stream them. Mm-hmm. We are if you guys catch them live, good for you. Number two, huge question. After the live stream, do we end the video and not let it publish until we release the audio? And do we release the audio immediately like we always do? Or do we can these and release them over the next so many weeks? I think maybe we release them over a few weeks just on the... I agree with that. Because most people are consuming it in their their phone, right? On a podcast app. So maybe... I mean, I I guess I can see especially some of Bill Booth's stories being highly visual where maybe we're going to be having a lot of stuff on the computer where maybe it might be neater to try and push people into watching it Mm -hmm. on on Facebook. But I think that maybe we'd stage the release of the audio podcasts that are going to be on everyone's phones. I don't know. I don't know. Do we leave? Do we leave it up? We just leave the video up? No, if we're going to stage the release, we're going to take them down. So one of the choices we have when we end the live feed, you both have run the board, is to post the video. Uh-huh. We're not going to post a video. We're not going to publish it. We'll have it saved. So when we release the podcast, we'll push the video back out. And honestly, I don't know how visually enticing Bill Booths will be because I don't know if all the conversations we're going to have with Bill Booth will be available to immediate, like, like, hey, we could Google these things because I really hope to take Bill Booth on. I don't want to have the average everyday conversation a skydiver can have with Bill Booth. 
If the you, positive side of tandem parachuting seems obvious to some. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh, I've heard that so many times. I have to. I play that at the beginning of every tandem course. Do you? Yeah. If you're tan, if if you do a tandem on a UPT system in America, you have to watch the tandem waiver video. And then a tandem instructor course, we play the video. Number one, that way I know you've seen it. Number two, to help you understand and appreciate, if somebody's not seen the video, they can't make the jump. Well, like we use it for an enforcement process. Um, I'm so sick of that video. So sick of it, man. Um, yeah, I'm sure you've seen it a lot through editing. Yeah, not not oh. much in the last couple of years. But you also hit play and get to hear that part as you walk out. Yeah, of the room. that's why I know that line. Yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's what process that's, my brain. That's what happens as I'm leaving. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I, I like the idea. Uh, re- so release when we release the episodes. Hold them and release them as we do. Um. Hold the video and release the video as we release the audio. That seems like with the where we're at consensus wise. I guess I'm impartial as to whether it stays on Facebook or not. If it's not gonna, I I do feel if it's gonna be held, I want to hold it. Period. Like I might as well leave you something to look forward to. So then, how soon and how often do we release them? My, my easy answer is simple. When we have gaps in the show, we'll release them and use them as fillers. Like, hey, everybody's out of town. We can't do this. I mean, I think we could just er, once a week is what is what I would do. Then we take a month off. No, we, we've, we've done two podcasts in a week. Okay, so two shows a week for four weeks. Maybe. I mean, plus or minus, right? Um, all right. Well, I think we'll finish playing that ear by ear when we get there, but it sounds like any other suggestions? I do like the idea of gap fillers, though. It's a good idea. I, I do, man. Like, there, there's times where we reach a little bit hard, and it'd be nice to say, hey, man, I don't want to take a week off yet, but I need yeah, to Yeah, that is a good idea. I'm just impatient. Like when I have yeah. a video that's finished, <laughs> I want the world to see and it. Everybody's today. gonna know that it's out there and I, they haven't seen it yet. I cannot believe you actually held looking to build off for oh, for the film festival. I do. I, I could. I know how much you like to release and put the, your shit. Out. I cannot believe you held it. It, that it was easy once I had put a cu- like a, a couple of days between finishing it and yeah. And it's like I, I don't know. I think it, it it makes me feel a little less insane. Because I get super, I get pretty obsessed, especially with videos like that, of I just watch it over and over and over and try and catch this little part and this little part and this little part. And as it starts to drive me insane, it helps for me to see other people view what it's turned into. It just kind of justifies what's happening for me mentally. And and plus, it's like I'm excited about it. But um, I'm I'm... When I say I'm impartial about how we release the podcast, that's that's totally true. So if if we if we save them, I'm gonna have no no feelings about it. I like the uh, uh, just just in your conversation. I you know I can't wait to give something. I get a gift for Val, and I want to give it to her right away because I got this great gift for mm-hmm, Val. Yep. But the thing I like about sitting on them is at some point you disconnect from that passion, right? Like you're like okay, I'm over it. Now I can wait. And then when I finally give her the gift, I get to relive that passion. So it's almost like I get two for the price of one okay. when I hold things back. Sure. So it's a great example. You can tell me right now, hey, DJ, I bought you a gift. It is a surprise. You can't look at it. It's right behind that Jason David Frank doll right there. Yeah, it was a reference. Um, I, I won't move that doll. I will just cherish the anticipation and cherish like, oh, my God, I know there could be some. I, like, I want to look. So I, I like the anticipation, I guess. Okay. Well, fuck it. Let's sit on it. Um, so we've got three guests right now, uh, potentially. Bill Booth has confirmed. He knows the dates now. He knows the sessions. 
Uh, John LeBlanc, I hope to hear back from. Uh, PD is actually closed uh, through the week. They reopen next week, so uh, I hope to hear back from a couple people from Performance Designs next week and get John and I rolling on that ball. Uh, and Shannon is confirming which sessions he can do tomorrow. So we, we've got three of the four guests. Uh, I want to like think about a fourth guest. I've been doing a lot of looking, a lot of thinking. Um, between the three of us, I'm the most exposed to the industry. Um, but I think you guys also know enough people. So if you can think of one now or if you can think of one in the near future, let me know. Um, if you're a fan of the show, especially if you're a fan of the show from the DeLand area and you know some of the locally available greats who I can't get to, who who will almost always be there, let me know. Send me an email, send me a, a whatever, however you know how to get a hold of us. <laughs> um, uh, right now, uh, the, the Norwegian free flight team is in town during the winter. Um, they would be a pretty good uh, hit. Uh, I really am curious about a girl named Anna. I don't know how to say her last name. Moxnes, 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 whatever, M-O-X-N-E-S. Uh, she is on that team, and from everything I see in here, I think she would be a very interesting and very cool take and a very cool show to have, especially, I, you know, how we like to get that European scene uh, shown a little bit. Um, there are some other people involved in social media and skydiving that uh, have been suggestions. I, I, I've had Riley Marshall mm-hmm. send me a couple suggestions as well. So if you guys think or know of anybody, I, I haven't. I have quite a few. I have a list of names of, of people I'm considering. I just, we, we've got four. Four shows. I'm very happy to do five and six if you guys can give us enough recommendations. Absolutely very happy to I do that. I mean, I think two shows a day over, over three days. I mean, I, I don't even think we'll feel, uh, we're not going to feel swamped by that. No, we're not. And so that was part of the plan. Like, I, I scheduled it out to where we can go get lunch. We can hang out. We can not be in a rush. And I made sure the dinner plan or the nighttime schedule was good enough. Uh, I am positive we will be going to ramen one night while we are in the land we might not be going to ramen in the land have you been to tatsuya ramen in houston no let's go if i told you about it no i am not like i ramen's good yeah whatever this place i fucking crave it it's so good we're going it is amazing you've been there yeah next weather i, I like it better times. than Chinya. what do you think i agree so right. Jinya is not the best ramen it's the best chain I know I can go yeah. to Virginia and get a solid, awesome ramen. So I will not give them the best ramen. Um, I've had a lot of ramen joints I like better than Virginia. Virginia you know, it's is just consistent. a guarantee. Yeah. Exactly. Consistent. Good yeah, work. Yeah, because I've been to a couple near me and uh. ones downtown, and like they're all pretty consistent. Next bad weather weekday, let's hit it. Deal. Yeah. Um, dude, oh, God, I love ramen, man. My poor mom wanted to make ramen for me when I was home, um, and she bought some pork belly uh, specifically for it, and she mm-hmm. bought some stuff. But she didn't go all out. So when she was done, she's like, ah, I, I, I kind of had some bigger goals. And I just kind of, my mom's words aren't, I kind of half-assed it. But that was her words. And uh, I, dude, I enjoyed it. I just, like She doesn't understand how much I enjoy ramen. I'm going to enjoy it no matter what. But at the same time, I felt bad for her because she wanted to do so much more. And I, she's so tickled that I enjoy it that much. I think anything I like Japanese, my mom, it's silly. She gets tickled. I like How, it. What, if you had a bowl of ramen next to a bowl of pho, what are you doing? Um, saying I haven't ate mm. pho before. Okay. It's uh, it's a finer noodle said and done from what finer I... Finer noodle? Yeah. From that what could be true. I, I, I would have just said that there are a lot more veggies involved in the... Uh, so pho is more of a vermicelli style noodle, if you're with me on vermicelli. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, even not, not even that, more of a... Um, um, even pushing angel hair, um, Capellini. Uh, it, it's more of like an angel hair vermicelli thinner pasta. It's a straight noodle, 
Uh, ramen is typically a curly noodle, a little bit thicker mm-hmm. noodle, although there is thick and thicker. So thin ramen noodle is still thicker than pho. Uh, thicker ramen noodle is obviously much thicker than that. Um, the soup base is traditionally a pork base for ramen. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the base for pho is, but it seems more vegetable soup base. I feel mm-hmm. like ramen's a lot heartier. I would think that In general, like the the base, everything to do with it, like it's more filling. More meatier. More and, and I don't mean because it's got meat in it, although it does. It's like thicker. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. There's more going on in there. I'm getting hungry. What's the name of this place? I know. I'm really, I didn't Tatsuya? Eat Tatsuya. Yeah. Tatsuya. I would go there right now. Mm. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. Um, dude, I'm super interested. I'm super excited. I'll send you a link on a Yelp. Oh, God. You can yelp it. Yo, Jacob Henderson, I, I want to hit something real quick. Thing? Jacob Henderson, I really like this thought. Just it would be cool to hear from the Fly for Life guys out there in the land. But I was kind of having that thought. So many of them come through here that I think that we could snag one of them. But um, but I can, uh, I, I'm good friends with their friends. Yeah. So we could we could put some feelers out. So I don't really want, I, and I, I don't want to do Fly for Life. And it's exactly what you just said. Uh, Luis is actually in the queue and we've had conversations about having him on the show. We just need to do a little bit better job planning during his next visit. Um, I have a couple other Fly for Life guys. Fortunately, Claudio is a friend, I think, of ours. Not, I think you're friends with Claudio as well? Yeah. yeah. Um, so Fly for Life guys are definitely on the queue of having here. We just have them here locally enough that I don't want to squander this opportunity of getting people who I can't otherwise get. Um, so, uh, fly for life is definitely an option, Jacob, but definitely I, I, I want to save them. I mean, I- if I can use a slot for somebody else that I can't get, then I, I think that would be more of a priority. I think they're, they're, they're definitely a, a possibility. Um, do you think we'll get six episodes out of this? Do you think we'll end up finding? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty densely, you know, populated place as far as the skydivers go, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't really know uh, anywhere near the, the number of people that you do who work in the industry there as far as, you know, manufacturers and, and that go. But, I mean, six six people? I mean... It's a lot of solid content. I right mean, it's there. like a whole other... It's a whole other... I mean, think of six people that we've had from our skydiving community here. Like, we've okay. had lots of different groups of six people, you know? Like I, th- I think that if we, uh, if we open it up, if we wanted to do six shows, yeah, I'm sure we could make it happen. Man, we just might have to settle for someone stupid like Bo and Riley. Oh, dude, <laughs> so much fun! And that's <laughs> one of the things that I want to be open to, and I'm glad you said it because I need to be reminded. Is there's a lot of people in the Deland area who will never be on our show here because they don't. It's like for me, you're not going to see me at a lot of other DZs. I'm entrenched and embedded here, and I'm here a lot. I travel only when I have to um, or need to. I don't really travel much besides. And there's a lot of great skydivers in the land area who are the same way. So they might not have the big notoriety of John LeBlanc or Bill Booth or Shannon Pilcher, but they have such a good history of skydiving in the sport. So I want to remember to keep those locals as huge options. Well, I mean, I think that with the people that we have that listen to the show... We could say, hey, everyone, do you know anyone in the land area who might be cool to ha- have on the podcast? Send us their name. And yeah. if you are that person and you live in the land and you want to be on the show, maybe send us a message. Maybe we'll see if, we, if we've got room. But I, I, you know, just thinking of the diversity of people that we have here, of, you know, from someone like, uh, like Hudson and Lori and people who are, you know, they're just skydivers that we have here who have, you know, 
they've stood out in our community in, in some way. Yeah, yeah. And not to say, you know, those people exist everywhere. That they for sure are everywhere. So, so. If, if we wanted to do six shows, we would find six people. Yeah. Even if we wanted to have one Russian roulette show at PD where we just let every 10 minutes someone new comes into the show, <laughs> I would be super <laughs> into be some, some chaotic shit like that. That sounds like a good time. I mean, even if we just went through the assembly line at PD. Yes, people who've worked there, yeah. Like, yeah, like, hey, this is what it takes to build a canopy. Let's talk to some, someone in receiving. Let's talk to someone in product testing. Let's talk to someone in yada, yada, all the, all the way down the line. I think that'd be a fun idea. That, so, six shows, three days. Yeah. You're in. It, whatever. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, that, you drew the line. Uh, sorry, guys, this is our business meetings. This is how much <laughs> we plan the podcast. <laughs> it is. I, I love the fact that, that we are a very open show, like pulling back the curtain is not a big statement because we don't really have a curtain. We're very open to what we do. Um, the vast majority, there's minor bits of planning and, conver- and tactical conversation that happens off site, outside, off the mics. Maybe um, thirty seconds before we hit re- hit record. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's not even that. Maybe just in passing. You and I at the DZ uh, will have the occasional in passing conversation about, hey, we should think about this, or hey, we should do this. A great example, uh, Justin has kind of been hand tied over the years, uh, over the years, over the last year, about YouTube videos. Uh, if we share YouTube videos on our content and they go out on YouTube, then YouTube is very quick to pull them um, and get strikes against you. But man, I've not released any of these on YouTube. I'm not going to release any of these on YouTube anytime soon. And if we do, fuck it, we'll start from then on. So, example, Justin has free reign at YouTube all he wants now. So, whatever videos, uh, please be careful what videos you show. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it should be a good time, man. Six shows, Deland Roadshow, 2020, February 17th is when we arrive, February 18th, 19th, and 20th. We will release those shows when and how we see fit. That's kind of the final answer. Sure. Until we change our mind. Yeah. Awesome, man. 2020, what else is coming up for Gravity Lab? Anything else you guys know about? <laughs> Why are you giggling? Because <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm the one who should know and I don't know. Uh no, I think we're just gonna keep doing it, right? Yeah, I'm 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 feeling good. I'm doing good. I'm really excited this year more than any year about the film festival. Um, I just think it keeps the the guys and gals keep raising the bar. They keep raising the standard. The videos were real good this year. They super. And it, dope. it doesn't surprise me that the voting was as close as it was. Usually, we've had uh, pretty concentrated votes on on one or two videos, but man, there was uh, there were a lot of really good videos. And I. I was I would say ninety percent of the votes go to the top two videos the last couple years. This year, not even close. It was divided amongst five videos, the top votes. That's a huge difference. Ninety percent of the, that that's huge, man. You were about to say though, I'm sorry. Oh, I don't remember. <laughs> um <laughs> uh dude, super Oh, maybe ex- I was gonna mention the mm. uh, the appeal of the live audience really changes how some videos are received. And I think that's a really hard thing to uh, to predict. Yeah. Like w- you know, we we it's no secret that we preview the videos and try and make an order that makes the most uh, sense to keep the audience engaged and entertained. And sometimes there's a video that you know you or I might say yeah. that the crowd loves, and it's like how man I I make videos for work and I didn't see that shit coming. But uh, that's that's a really neat element that I like watching. I love watching the fans' faces. I love watching what's going on out there when people are seeing it. Uh, it's you, you taught me that trick, watch people watch a video. And I love watching people watch the video. I love watching people. It would be super it. cool if we could have more people coming in from other drop zones to try and compete with our local yeah. talent. 
I have been reeking out. Good uh, luck. Guys and gals, if you are out there in, in the skydiving world, push your friends, promote your friends. Come on out for October Film Festival. We'll know sooner or later when it is. We'll eventually uh, release dates as we figure it out. But more than anything else, we want you guys to come and party with us. That's what it's about. Anytime I see a great edit on Facebook, I tell them, hey, you should put a video together for the film festival, Grad Lab Film Festival in October 2020. Uh, anytime you see your friends put a video together, suggest they do the same thing. Uh, a, the prizes are dope, dude. We've been super blessed with the prizes. But, man, the parties, even, it's... it's. What were the top prizes? <laughs> GoPro 8, G4 Helmet. What else? Aries 2. Aries, Pro yeah, two. yep, yep. Altimeters. That's $1,600 right there. Yeah, that's wild. Right there. Free uh, pair of swoop shorts from Tande Wee. Uh, mm-hmm. Those are probably a couple few hundred dollars right there. So, I mean, we're, we're hitting two grand. Option Studios custom jersey. Yeah, that's a couple hundred dollars alone. Just uh, graphic design, the cost of jersey, etc. Hopefully, this year gets some more attention, more more prizes. Man, that's the hard part. Is I need to plan a little bit better ahead of time for prizes. I need to start asking people a little bit more. It's 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 hard though because we have such a great prize pool. Like, man, it's, it's people get over two grand worth of free shit by winning the film festival and the adoration of tens. Of friends, <laughs> tens of friends. Hey, some of those are babes. All right, get your shit together. Thank you. I feel myself a hottie, <laughs> um, dude. Some of the things we're gonna have this year, we have a lot more uh, people coming through town. As as normal, Spaceland has a lot of events. We have a lot of out of town events. The coolest part about uh, what we've been doing lately is, man, I don't know, Nick, if you remember how hard it was to get guests on them when we first started it. Versus, don't worry about it, Justin. Uh, oh, it's finally back. Oh, it's back. Uh, versus uh, how easy it is now. It, uh, do people always had an excuse when we first started the show to not come on the show? Uh, and it was probably because, like, what the, I don't know what the fuck you're, I don't, man, it, it's the unknown. Where today, when I invite somebody, they commonly tell me I'm inviting them on the show before I can finish the question. Yeah, well, I think a lot of, you know, conversations happen when someone has been on the show. Yeah. And we've had... You know, a lot of people from Spaceland have been on the show, and then they go and they talk about it in the packing room with everybody else. Mm-hmm. And say, oh, yeah, it was super fun. Yeah. Like, yeah, we, we got right into conversation. Five minutes, it felt normal, and it was great. Well, it's not even just that. It's visitors. It's Nick Batch. He knew I, he, he, he said he wanted to be on the show before I could ask him the question. I was asking him the question, so he knew where I was going with it. But he's like, oh, yo, I know about your show, man. I want to be on that show. I'd love to be a guest. Um... Uh, the first time I asked Norman Kent, it was a pretty easy yes. The second time, Norman Kent reached out to me to be on the show. He wanted he he, he uh, like yeah, such a good storyteller. How cool guy. is that? Y- you reached out. I'm like, what the fuck? That's so fucking cool. So it really is easier. We have a lot of people who travel, and a lot of these people uh, as they've been traveling. Matt Fry is a perfect example. On their trips, we set up next time you're in town. We'll talk about it. And it's not uncommon. Matt Fry is another one who said, hey, I'm going to be in town on these days. I'm, I want to do the show. What's your schedule? So we should see a lot more cool people uh, hitting and, and coming up the show. One I'm super excited about, What's he, he's an Infinity guy, redheaded fella. He's for the XRW camps. He's got a weird name. Not really a weird name. Um, he's from Cali. So insulting his name and forgetting it. For sure. He, he's in Cali. He has pink on his rig, Infinity. Oh, you with shit. me, right? Yes. Like, Nothing I said oh, was a bad God description. Damn it. It's because you told me you, you were slipping with his name, and My now I've got God, dude. Um, uh, so anyways, <laughs> um, 
Uh, yeah, he's got that super pretty rig that I have pictures of. Super dope. Rig. Oh, is it uh, Richo? Rich Richo Butts. There we go. All See, right. I told you he had a weird name. <laughs> yeah. Richo Butts. Um, yeah, he's going to be on the show sometime uh, in the next coming year. Hopefully, I would love to get Scott Lazarus on the show. He's traveling. He knows the opportunity is there. So I think we're going to be able to set that up. So we we have a lot more coming, and we have a lot of our old guests. I, I really am ready to have one of our best, one of our biggest, uh, well received shows was with Chris Fudala. And you and I have known Chris Fudala for a long time, and there's no secret, at least to me, that Chris Fudala has grown tremendously as a skydiver and as a human being in the time we've gotten to know Chris, and he will say the same thing. In our early days of knowing Chris, did you ever think we would say he was one of the most well-received podcasts we've had in the early days? Oh, uh, gosh, I don't know. Cause I, I just don't really have thoughts like that. Yeah. Like, to me, the show just feels like it's like it's like the hangout, you know? Yeah. But so I don't I, I guess I just don't think about those those sorts of things about what appeals to who like to me. It's just like, yeah, we do it. Some people like it. Some people don't. Whatever. I don't think about it, but people tell me about it. OK, so it's it's I don't I don't care how well received it is to a large point. But at the same time, I, I hear so much feedback from people and it's super awesome. I really, really appreciate it because to a point we just do what we do. But it, it, it does help to know what you guys do and don't like because I do respect it and I do try to at least adjust accordingly. Um, that reminds me, I do want to talk one more thing about the the road show. Um, man, the way we shoot the shit and just talk trash is a lot of fun. We're not doing that with Bill Booth, right? No, Bill Booth's going to talk the whole time and I'm going to listen. <laughs> so at what point do we depart from our norm and have a little bit more preparation, notes, and direction when we have such a great opportunity in front of us Versus how much do we roll with the normal style we roll and let Bill flow on his own? I mean, I, I don't know. I think a lot of that comes down to the to people that watch and listen to the show. It's like, hey, if you have a question that you want us to ask Bill Booth, send send it to us, and we'll be happy to to throw that at him. But if he is the sort of storyteller that I that I think he is, I think we're going to ask him a few questions, and he's going to talk for thirty minutes in be- in between each question. So, I I'm not going to interrupt Bill Booth's story to ask John Q so and so's hey what was it like to invent this like i'm not going to i'm not going to interrupt it mm-hmm. so i think as long as the show's going and i mean my favorite shows are almost always when someone you know we put someone in the seat we load them up with a question and they just go for it i call and it so, hit and play sure sure so when, if that happens i'm not going to interrupt that with whatever plan we we might have had but you know, maybe having a plan as a as a backup isn't a terrible idea. But um, and yeah, you don't want to be the guy that asks the same question all the time that they always answer, right? So you that's be wh- robotic and programmed like that. That's my biggest point of How preparation high do we go? for me. How high? Hey, did that hurt? My so my biggest part of <laughs> preparation like I want to do is <laughs> I want to know what questions he's asked all the time, so I don't ask those questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the only preparation I care about for me. Um, absolutely, Bill Booth. So you've never heard Bill Booth present information? Not really, no. Yeah, it's he's he's hit a play button. You, it's very easy. Bill has twenty play buttons, and you can blindly close your eyes and push one, and you'll get a phenomenal story. Um, I'm super excited. Uh, Do he plays piano beautifully? Um, it, it, he 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 has a I think it's a baby grand in his house, and I I got lucky to be at a party at his house, and I happened to walk in. A buddy's like, hey, yo, let's go inside. There's a lot of people inside. Go check out his place. It's a really beautiful house. The friend was a local. I'm like, yeah, let, let's go ahead and head inside, see what's going on. And I walked into Bill playing the piano with a fucking crowd around him, dude. 
such a fucking beautiful. He, he knows how to play the piano. Um, anything is good to me. Um, in a beautiful house. At, at the end of him playing the piano, it was great because it was super quiet. He finishes, slight applause, and kind of dead quiet because everybody really it was just like, whoa. It was just kind of awe. I was, I was in shock and awe. And a guy named Guillermo G is his nickname. He's like. Yo, DJ, tell your wife you saw Bill Booth play the piano tonight, bitch. Or I forget what he said. But he tells me to refer so to my wife as bitch. She's super <laughs> drunk and it's super obvious. I'm like, thanks, G. I, I will share this experience with my wife. I'll probably say it a lot more pleasantly, though. And Bill's <laughs> wife looks at me and goes, you're a smart man. I, I, it, 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 G just made a complete drunk ass of himself. His boss drug him out of the room. It was a good time. Sorry, G, if, if I threw you under the bus. Man, alcohol sounds great. <laughs> I'm going to get drunk. Why wouldn't you? Why? I was so trying so hard to not yell that when you brought up Tom Noonan. Do you? Tom Noonan's been on the podcast, if you guys want to listen to it. Why hasn't he? Also, a drunk maniac shouting in the background, the same podcast. One of the best and worst moments in our our career, uh, in the the show. Uh, Do you use a sleep tracker on your Fitbit? Yeah, I, I was, and it stopped syncing with my phone, and I haven't been able to troubleshoot that problem. Change the watch face. I've got the stat heavy one that, that that I like. Oh, you can change it back to it. Have you tried turning it off? And back but on I really again? don't yeah, know for sure. But I had asshole. some <laughs> I had some issues with mine not working properly, huh? including non-responsive to buttons and screen. Mm-hmm. So they said change watch faces in your app, and then just change it back. You're fine. But see what happens. All right, I'm gonna and, try it. And it helped, um, dude. So I found out through the sleep tracker. The thing that I've come to find out is when I drink, the my sleep patterns and my sleep rhythms. I watch them really closely now. Man, my heart rate is through the roof when I drink at night and I go to sleep. Hmm. On New Year's Eve, man, I think it was four in the morning before my heart rate went down below 95 uh, beats. I'd stop drinking at like 11, but it, it just, uh, man, what alcohol does to my sleep is absolutely, I, I've, I've never realized how much it destroys it. Yeah, I need to sleep more, period. I'm not great at it. But, uh, God, where was it? There was a study. It was something that I watched. But it was talking about, like, uh, you know, saying a, a nightcap of, of this alcohol that's supposed to help put you to sleep. And although for some people it might help them initially falling asleep, mm-hmm. that the rest of your night's sleep is, is significantly lower quality sleep. I can say every time I've drank and used a sleep tracker, because I actually have been watching my sleep rhythms and trying to compare them to my behaviors, how much coffee I take in a day, any all behaviors, drinking by far, by far, disrupts my sleep patterns more than anything else. It, it absolutely destroys. That and the anticipation of waking up at 3 in the morning to make a, f- a flight at 5.30 in the morning. That also destroys my sleep. So, Man, the Land Road Show, we have a lot of plans. Uh, air show. Air show. Uh, one last thing I want to talk about for the future. We'll talk more about it on another day, but I, I got to at least get some uh, ground rules down now. Safety Day is March 14th, 2020. I already have plans and works for Dallas, Houston, San Marcos. We do the Rating Center host safety day at each one of those locations. Uh, as usual, we will be live streaming the Houston version. Uh, we will leave those up for the year. So if your drop zone doesn't get safety day, if you, if you want more from safety day, if you just want to see how we do safety day, right now you can see last year's safety day on the Rating Center fan page. It's so funny. I actually watched some of safety day today on online. Uh-huh. I was really surprised at how good the audio came through. So I, I have found out some problems. We had some problems with the audio last year, Justin, and yeah. I have the solutions for that. Not a problem. We will put fresh sets of batteries in every speaker or presenter just to make sure. I have other potential yeah, options. Yeah, I think that was the biggest thing. It was, 100% yeah. the biggest thing. Um, so we, we, we've learned 
bugs and glitches over the years of our, our live stream production, so it, we've gotten better. The main reason I want to bring that up tonight is, Justin, are you going to be available for the producing that thing? Because you, you... Yeah, I should be. Sweet, man. Justin does a good job confirm. behind the computers. Um, uh, worst case scenario, if you use your laptop again, I'm super, super dope with that. If not, the old production computer is at the drop zone full-time now, so we have options. Um, anything else, gentlemen, before we turn into pumpkins? I'm good. I'm a pumpkin spice latte. I'm oh, good. my God. I made my first uh, <laughs> ever homemade pie the other day. Pumpkin pie. It was great. I thought you were going to say pumpkin spice latte. I was going to take your man card away. No, pumpkin dude. Pie. Did, <laughs> fuck. Well, I guess I'm a, a lady because, dude, during the holiday season, Starbucks mm-hmm. had this uh, pumpkin nitro cold brew. I said, goddamn. Dude, I, we were at Disney World, and they it was Halloween, so it's pumpkin enough time. I had the pumpkin spice latte, and oh, my God. It's the first, like... If I go to Starbucks, I just get a black coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, but you understood the hype, didn't you? No. What? I did not realize how sweet and sugary these drinks were. Oh yeah, the 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 cold brew wasn't isn't that crazy. It was too much, man. It was. Yeah, if you get like a caramel macchiato or oh, frappe or any of that shit, yeah, it's it's way too sugary. I used to love that shit, and now I realize it's because I love the sugar. That stuff is trash. Cool, man. We <laughs> <laughs> we we got to get out here. We'll talk more about safety day as the time rolls around. Uh, next week, we will be back. We have a guest that I need to speak to. We need to confirm if he is going to be able to make it, but we, uh, we'll be back to our regular schedule. Mr. Uh, G, you got anything else you need to share? No. How about that white boy funky music then? Guys and gals, this is great. Man, he is on it like O-N-N-I-T. No, they don't bring us to you. But tonight's show has been brought to you by TheRatingCenter.com. Check it out. Grand Slam Radio, Blue Skies. We are out of here. Love you. 2020. Can we start calling it 2020? Are we going to make this a thing where we just keep talking? I don't know. Brian Menard's a nerd. Because some people are going to listen to it if we keep talking. I wonder. I mean, so, sometimes it must like you know when you listen to a podcast, and, it just plays till the end. Yeah, because you're busy doing the dishes or you're like punching a small child, or you get to hear Nick do something stupid like in oh. the music early. Uh, hey, that was one time. Or, dude, you know that at, was fun. That was a funny time at the end of the last show where you played the horn. We cut that out because we lost the audio. If you listen to the show, you might have noticed one ended very, very abruptly because my computer dropped some audio issues, some silly mess up. It happens. But uh, now you hear the real end of this show. Hey, look, I saw a new thing that you do as a habit. (laughs) I believe it.